fine folks. Welcome to Double Tapped, our brand new, slightly reworked podcast from what we used to do many years ago. Yeah. My name is Jay. Uh, this is I'm, Tanner. I'm Tanner. A lot of you may know me as may, may know me as Dorm, but Tanner is what we're going to be calling each other because I've known Jay for over a decade now, probably. Known? Yeah, known. Been tight with for probably about yeah a decade around there, around right? there. Yeah. I don't know when you first were aware of my existence, but <laughs> somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. So this is sort of a reworked. We did a podcast similar to this back in the day. Yep. We called it the Dormcast. Yeah. We've brought it into the. 2020s you know that's true it has it has uh, made the jump uh so we're kind of bringing it back in a similar format we're going to be talking about games and a lot of different ways hitting on news hitting on some fun topics and enjoying some beverages as we do it that's true Tanner, let's talk a little bit about this beverage we're having tonight yeah uh, uh you you picked this up for us on I the did. way in you requested something citrusy and even though i don't think this technically has any citrus in it whatsoever <laughs> I mean, uh, it is the, sour, which is a citrusy thing. The can we're we're drinking Rheingeist Glow. Uh, Rheingeist is a local brewery from Cincinnati. Uh, well, semi-local, I guess, yeah. but uh, a brewery that we both really like. Uh, probably my favorite brewery, mm. and they have great cans, which you can see if you're watching the video version of this. Um, but yeah, I like the look of it. I like the taste. It's very, very subtle. Yeah, it's, it's subtly sour, but I enjoy it. Yeah, and a fan of. I mean, you know this about me. Pretty much all my friends know this about me at this point. I love sour beers. Yeah. Which is not the most common variety. No, that's true. Uh, but in this one, you know, jumped off the page as a fruited sour. And I was like, oh, I'm interested in this. And it's really not nearly as sour as every other sour beer that I've ever had. Yeah, that's true. But it is very nice. The sun has reemerged. <laughs> Spring is on the way. What a good way to celebrate it with a We're nice here. We're sour tart here. beer. Yeah. So let's just roll right in. I'm going to hit you with a few news stories. We're going to react to some of the biggest news from the last week in the world of video games. Sounds good. We're going to hash out some discussion. Okay. First one I wanted to talk to you about. It's happening. Pokemon is going open world. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Pokemon had a sort of direct type thing. Yeah, Pokemon uh, Presents, I think, is what the formal title was. Thank you. Uh, and they had more announcements than the actual Nintendo Direct did. Yeah. Um, the main one, the main ones being that uh, Diamond and Pearl are getting remastered for Switch in a chibi art style that some people aren't crazy about. Yeah. Uh, but the other big thing is that Pokemon Legends Arceus, is mm-hmm. that the title? It is. It's- or I heard, I think the formal, pre- I've always said Arceus, as you just did, but I think the actual person himself who was presenting said Arceus, oh. or I've heard someone say Arceus. So I don't know what the actual, like right. I'm going to say Arceus. Yeah. Um, so either way, that game is, uh, is stealing shots from breath of the wild. Very much. And, so. uh, including the zoom in, zoom out, uh, field shot. Yeah. If you've seen the side by side comparison, it is exactly the same. It is incredible how similar they are. <laughs> Uh, but basically, it looks like from what we can tell from that trailer, we're getting an open world Pokemon game that is really intriguing. The visuals aren't great. No, it definitely what looks I saw. choppy and, you know, it, like, uh, it's early. Yeah, very, sure. But, you know. And to be fair, we did see the Pokemon Snap uh, trailer change quite a bit from when we first saw it to now. And it looks right. much better. Right. So hopefully that's more of a engine thing and this is what we're working on and less of a final product this is what it's going to look like kind of thing yeah um but the concept definitely seems interesting about absolutely being able to explore an open world and actually throw a pokeball and catch a pokemon as a as an actual thing as yeah. opposed to just dodge some, roll through the tall grass and throw a pokeball like yeah it's 
it's the thing that we've always sort of pipe dreamed about. Every, I mean, yeah, it's been in the last like 15 years, there hasn't been a truly original new concept for a Pokemon game. Sure. In the sense of the core line of games, there's your snaps, there's your spinoffs. Yeah. But like every core Pokemon game has pretty much been the same forever. Yeah. And this is the first seemingly drift. We don't know if there's going to be gems. We don't know if there's going to be any of like the staples of the series. Oh, that's true. I haven't even considered. But just the exploration nature of it, I think, is kind of what people have been craving for years now. Yeah. Um, are you like supremely optimistic? Are you cautiously optimistic? Are you in right now? Are you out? Where are you at in terms of day one? I what's or and obviously there's a lot to come. Sure. I I would I would classify myself as somewhat in um, cautiously optimistic is a good way to put it because yeah. I personally was excited as hell for sword and shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if it's just an age thing where I'm at with games, whatever I was severely underwhelmed by sword and yeah. shield. And so I think, I think my main caution is do I even want a Pokemon game right now? But then again, uh, recently I played Pokemon stadium for the first time and that was really fun. And yeah. so I think, because it's a shift on the normal genre, I don't know how in I'm going to be on Diamond and Pearl because I'm not nostalgic for those games mm-hmm. anyway. For sure. Um, but for this, I think I'll at least give it a shot and yeah. and hopefully it clicks because I think it's a really intriguing. Like you said, it's it's the thing that fan made games were trying to be ten years ago, right? So and at the outset of the announcement, I was so before I had seen any footage or anything because yeah. I saw the news tweeted out before I ever saw the Pokemon Presents presentation itself. Yeah. The first thing I saw was the Diamond and Pearl news. Mm. And I mistook that news to think that, oh, they're remaking Diamond and Pearl in like the visual style of Sword and Shield. Right. So I was like, oh, this is the open world Pokemon that people are excited about. Yeah. And once I saw those trailers, I was like, oh, this is really not. This is literally just a remaster of Diamond and Pearl. It's more like the Link to the Past style. And that Legends Arceus is the game that people are very curious about. Yeah. And I'm in the similar boat where it's, I feel like I have to play it just because yeah. like it's, yeah. I was a diehard Pokemon fan for years and years. And I played all the way through, I believe X and Y was the last ones that I really played. Yeah. Um, it's either X and Y or black and white for me. Whichever yeah. one was later. So I'm curious because Arceus is set in the Sinnoh region, the fourth region, fourth gen, same ones as Diamond and Pearl. I'm curious to see what Pokemon are going to populate, mm. you know, this world. Yeah whether they're going to incorporate all of the more recent generations, whether they're going to limit it and maybe expand it in the end game, kind of like they used to do in older games where you yeah. beat the main story and then all of a you sudden go you're open to other gens. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. I'm very curious. Uh, yeah, me too. And excited because surely this is not going to be the first and only game in this style. You know, not if it does well. Sure. And, yeah. and they tabbed it to sort of seem like Pokemon legends is going to be a new series going forward. Yeah. So, Here's hoping that the first one either sticks the landing or is at least a good starting point. It has enough promise. Exactly. A la like a Watch Dogs one. Exactly. has enough promise to show that the series could be good. And I think one thing that would help it be good is our next story. Nice. The now not 100% confirmed, but de facto confirmed by reputable news sources, yeah. Switch Pro. Right. Which is not a formal title. We're just going to refer to it as like a Switch Pro, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Switch um, 2. <laughs> yeah. A more powerful version of the Switch to be released. Seems like later this year. Yeah. We'll have a 720p Samsung OLED screen. Which is huge. It is if, huge. As someone who did the deep dive on OLEDs uh, recently when I bought my new TV. Uh, 
Yeah, so if, if, if you don't know, just to explain that portion of it before we get too far, uh, before, I'm not sure if the screen was an LED or an LCD, but basically the way screens work uh, is each... Uh, an LED or an LCD screen has zones of lighting behind it that mm. light multiple pixels on your screen. Um, so think of it like mini projectors behind your screen if you want to think of it that way. It was, it was the, that was the way it was explained to me. Uh, with an OLED, each pixel controls its own lighting. Mm. Now, that may not sound that different, but what really happens is uh, that gives you a lot brighter brights because you're not relying on different sources for a whole area of your screen. Each It's one-to-one. You're also going to get a lot better contrast because a pixel can just turn off to simulate black as opposed to dimming itself a lot to try to get to black, um, as well as better battery life. Uh, it's it's a lot less power. Really? Yeah, it's I a lot less power that. use of or using because the each I don't know the exact reasons behind it, but I know it improves battery life. So mm-hmm. um, that's the main thing. And the fact that it's OLED, even though it's 720p, the theory I think behind that being the screen's so small that it, it would matter. be a noticeable difference. Which I don't know if I agree with because if you notice, phones are almost always in like at least 1080, if not higher resolution now. Yeah. So that's especially an Apple thing with like retina displays. They love higher resolution phones. Um, so I'm not sure if I agree with that, but I think it'll be fine. Yeah. And the other big part of it. It's also native 4K when docked. Right. Which is. Which is huge yes. to me. I think that is the. That is the sort of eye popping. Oh, okay. That's mm-hmm. that's the reason behind it. Yeah. Um, and it's a. I mean. You didn't have to tell me that the normal switch couldn't do 4K. You could play anything on the normal <laughs> switch and you could guess that yeah. it cannot support 4K. I mean, it's interesting with Nintendo, right? Because Wii U, which is something I've had to have been playing now because I've been playing Wind Waker HD Sorry. on stream. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually not that bad. <laughs> the Pro Controller sucks, though. Yeah. Um, Wii U was like the first Nintendo console to go 1080, and that was after the Wii and other stuff that came out around the Wii had the potential to go 1080. So. Mm. Nintendo has always been a step behind with sort of the resolution thing. They, I don't know when that exactly started, I guess with the Wii, um, that they sort of went more, we're going to be more focused on the games than sort of the specs, right? Because yeah. like, I think the GameCube was the last real game to compete as far as AAA games go. Mm. Um, which is interesting. I, I think it's kind of cool that they've created their own market, really. I personally only buy like Nintendo first party games on mm. Switches, but... Me too. Uh, or on Nintendo consoles. Um, that being said, I think being able to play something like Mario Odyssey or Breath of the Wild 2 uh, or something of that ilk later on in, in the year, hopefully, maybe next year, who knows, uh, is really exciting. And I yeah. I think, similar to the PS4 Pro thing, I think this is definitely going to be like a luxury purchase for a lot of people. But I also, this is something I, was, I mentioned to you when this first came out, was that one of the exciting things about this announcement is sort of the secondary market that's going to come from mm. it. So even, I think less so now, but especially at the start of the pandemic, switches were actually hard to get. Very. Like they were sold out of stores and stuff. Um, we had to order a Canadian one for my nephew. Really? Yeah. I didn't know It that. came with a, I never told you this. You told me that you couldn't, I, that you finally found one, but I didn't yeah. know it was Canadian. Uh, maybe it wasn't necessarily, we didn't know it was Canadian. Yeah. But when it got there and you took it out of the box, the power cord was a funky thing <laughs> that I had never seen before. <laughs> and when we compared, we like looked up like, oh power cords from around the world. I think yeah. Canada was the closest huh. approximation to like, okay, maybe that's where this came from. Interesting. Um, but anyway, so switches were hard to find. And I think this is going to gr- create a, a great secondary market for people like me. If I were to buy a 4k one, 
selling their older switches at a lower price, mm-hmm. which I always think is great because it's it's the same reason I'm a huge proponent of things like Game Pass, where I love people maybe not having to spend a ton of money to have access to really good games. Right. Uh, and I think that would just be another way to do that. Yeah. And I think it is helped by the nature of Nintendo's audience where a six or seven year old kid doesn't necessarily need the highest end hardware to have fun with the game. Sure. So, and they might be playing handheld anyway. Yeah. And even with, you know, both with the aftermarket and with the direct market, cause you have to assume that a normal switch probably go down to maybe $200. Yeah, maybe uh, when you get it at a retail store, like, There'll still be a high demand for the regular Switch variety, and then this. Sure, I think this will skew better than like the PS4 and PS4 Pro did, where the differentiation was so small that there was really not a big incentive to get a Pro, unless your PS4 was like dying, exactly, which which is what happened to mine. Is understandable, but for this one, I think it's a much bigger difference where the people who really are after the specs and are chasing the highest fidelity experience possible are going to have that option. Yeah. And then the people who don't care, don't care. They can get a cheap switch on the, on the dime. It's no big right. deal. I also wonder too, if, if this is going to help because, uh, I, I've noticed a couple of times with the switch with breath of the wild specifically, I remember this being a big thing, but just with other games, occasionally there are frame drops quite a bit on switch. Like yeah. they're pa- the, the units power isn't quite enough. And I wonder if the added processing power of 4K will help alleviate some of that stuff, especially to, if you're playing at 1080. You have something. to assume. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm still impressed to this day that Breath of the Wild even runs on a normal Switch. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, yeah, for sure. And ran on a Wii U. Yeah. Like, is that's, like, mind-blowing to me. Because the <laughs> Wii U, like, the Wii U, I own a Wii U. Yeah. And I kind of. I have one sitting here. It right, is. Right yeah, now. it's right over there. And I regret ever getting it because yes. I pretty much only got it for Smash Brothers, which is mm. one of probably my only consistent tether to Nintendo hardware that isn't handheld. Yeah. Like, it's like I have to play the new Smash. Yeah. But, you know, the Marios are like, I love them, but I'm not like going to go buy a new console for them. And the Wii U is just kind of like a box that I played one <laughs> game on and then sat there forever. And I'm like, <laughs> why did I even buy this? Yeah. I got mine about a year ago. Uh, very secondhand. I can't remember. I think someone from the community sent it to me. Oh, so yeah. Shout I, out to you, person. I think that I think it was Starstream. So shout out to Star. But uh, <laughs> I got because I bought it. I bought a Wii around the same time I got the Wii U, and one of those was sent to me. I think it was the Wii U. But gotcha. Um, yeah. Secondhand market. It's easy to get a Wii U if you want it. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll be a lot easier to get a Switch soon for all those out there who've been That's true craving one. Or if you've been craving a PS5, sorry, you're still out of luck. <laughs> uh, on to the next story. Let's talk about Hogwarts Legacy. Is that the full name? I actually don't remember. It doesn't really matter at this point because based on some of the news we've seen recently, this game might not come out for like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the recent announcement of the Harry Potter like open RPG, it's still unclear exactly what this game is. Um but there's been a lot of tumult in the development cycle recently. I didn't know tumult was a word. I'm like 99% sure. I mean, it makes sense. Tumultuous. <laughs> so there was a story earlier this week. And obviously this is sort of, you know, it's a story based on JK Rowling's, you know, sort of public infamy these days. Sure. The comments that she's made. But it became a story that the character creation in this new game was going to allow for trans characters, hmm. which... Did you see this? I did not see this. No. Yeah, there, it was a you know story in light of J.K. Rowling's comments that yeah. the character creation was going to be very unrestricted. You were going to be kind of able to make whatever character you want. Yeah. Uh, 
Not sure if there's any connection to the news that came out later in the week that the lead designer on the game had left the studio. See, this I know about. Uh, I was actually, this has been bubbling on Twitter for a couple of months now where uh, the guy the, the guy was the, who was the lead designer. Um, I should say too that I, as someone who is uh, friends with a lot of really inclusive streams and, and very, uh, very like out publicly out people who are just awesome doing great stuff. Um, the, the, the narrative in my Twitter bubble has been really interesting because a lot of, a lot of people that I know who are LGBTQIA, um, they are also very internally conflicted with the idea of this game because a lot of people grew up with Harry Potter and love Harry Potter. Um, and, they also were like, well, I don't know if I can support J.K. Rowling. She's said many things that uh, have her labeled a turf, which I, I think I agree with. Um, I don't agree with her sentiments. Sorry, I agree with agree her being with labeled her being a turf. Classified as yes. that. Uh, which is someone who's anti-trans rights and, and just anti-trans in general. Um, but I that already that game already had this really really conflicting narrative where some people are like, okay, I can separate. Or I'm going to separate the the art from the artist kind of argument, mm. and then other people saying, "Well, J.K. Rowling is going to make money off this game, even if it's secondhand, so I can't support it." That kind of thing, uh, which that's oh, that's everyone's own personal decision. I'm, I'm not yeah. going to begrudge anyone for that. Uh, I personally had no interest in it because I don't care about Harry Potter. But that was going to be my follow up question. Was I was <laughs> like, in light of all this news, I don't really know your relationship to the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah, like, do you have any connection to it at all? Not really. Uh, to go back quickly, the the news that came out this week, uh, or that has been bubbling mm. for a couple of months is that the lead designer had made some very almost stereotypical sort of anti SJW type mm. videos on <laughs> YouTube. Uh, he had talked about, I mean, if you've seen one of those videos you've or, seen them all. or if you've heard of one of those videos, you've seen them all. Yeah. It's just angry white man yelling at camera. Right. Um, so he had apparently made some of those videos and uh, I haven't watched those videos, but I saw the thumbnails. I saw the, I, I saw that person's YouTube page and that just sort of, for a lot of people, reinforced this this thing about this game which was it's anti-trans and it's and it's anti-lgbtqia plus um my connection with harry potter is non-existent no i uh i i watched sorcerer's stone as a kid great movie uh was like this is fine actually i'll call it a good movie yeah it was fine it was whatever um i hadn't read the books i remember a lot of people reading them when i was a kid i just wasn't super into fantasy or or any kind of right like big fictional narratives. The only thing I, the only series I read as kid, as a kid, as kid, the only series I read as kid, <laughs> as kid rock, uh, ba was, uh, I read the Chronicles of Narnia series, which I guess is fantasy, but, uh, it was just something I was into. I was also a big fan. <laughs> and then a uh, series of unfortunate events. I also, read. Mm. Uh, I read some of them. There's so many of those books, but, yeah. um, <laughs> I think it's 14. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, but I never got into Harry Potter and I never really watched the movies. I still haven't seen most of them. I've, I've seen, Sorcerer's Stone, and I believe the second one, but that's that's all I've seen. Yeah. See, I'm the, you know, hated, like, movie-only fan. Never read any mm. of the books. Own, I think, two or three of the books, just never read them. Yeah. Uh, and they, I didn't buy them. I think they were gifted to me. Like, I own, like, Goblet of Fire, and that thing is, like, the thickest book on any <laughs> bookshelf you'll ever see in, like, a kid's library. Yeah. Um, but I'm a big fan of the movies, most of them. One through four are varying degrees of great okay five is was maybe the most frustrating movie going experience i've ever had oh wow because dolores umbridge and at the age that i was i could not respect 
that she was a good villain. I just hated her. <laughs> right. Like, it's like, now a, it's, it's like, like a wrestling heel. Yeah. Now I understand that like, oh, this is a really good villainous performance. But at the time I was like, yeah. I want to leave. <laughs> like I would like to get up and walk out of this movie theater. Um, six and seven part one were meh. Seven part two was cool. But I had sort of fallen off after one through four. One through, Specifically two through three are great. So I'm semi-interested in this game conceptually. I'm pretty sure I played Order of the Phoenix, the video game. Okay. Um, Is that a PS2 game? I think it was a PS3 game. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, I think it was like 2007 All right. Um, couldn't tell you much about it. Uh, <laughs> other than it was just one of those things where I like the... I like the fantasy role-playing sort of action RPG style of game. Yeah. And I think if if this game turns out to be sort of that paired with the sort of like day-to-day school sim, like I think that could be really fun. Yeah. And obviously I love the idea that, you know, you know, the character creation stuff, I root for character creation to be as pretty expansive as possible in any game where you're going to have a character creation feature. Like, let people go balls to the wall and make whatever they want. Yeah. Um, So I'm not in on this game because this is also one of those games that you just know could come out and not be good at all. Oh, for sure. Could be broken. Could be like... It already has a lot of problems in development already. And I can kind of see it being one of those, like, Mass Effect Andromeda, like, really horrible facial animation type of games. Yeah. Um, Who's developing it? It's Monolith, right? Who did Mad Max? <laughs> Let me. I'll check into it. Or oh, I actually looked up Monolith recently. What what was the series they did? They did one of those. It might have been Mad Max, which makes sense because it's a that's a Warner Brothers property. I also was right about the title to begin with. It is Hogwarts Legacy. Gotcha. Uh, oh, it's Avalanche. Oh, Avalanche. Sorry. Yeah. So what have they done? Avalanche Software, located in Salt Lake City. For those curious. <laughs> Not a very, not a very inclusive place, Salt Lake City. So that's not a good sign. <laughs> I know some. I know some, uh, one of my buddies, Ambi, is in Utah. Now. I've met I've one him. Mormon. <laughs> There's your Twitter clip. <laughs> I was in. All right, tangent briefly. Yeah, yeah. Family vacation. My name's Tanner, but thank you. Yeah. Family vacation, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yeah. Which is at the border of Wyoming, and I want to say it like sort of crosses the border, like between like Utah and up through like Idaho. Okay. So you go straight over. I think you're in Idaho, but you go down a little bit and you're in Utah. Yeah. Something like that. And for some reason, I must've remarked to my grandma at the time who was on this trip. They're like, Hey, I want to shake hands with a Mormon. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) Okay. But then we go up on top of this mountain in the grand Tetons. (laughs) (laughs) Love how many, how, how, uh, how much you enunciated the Tetons there. Uh, and all of a sudden, my grandma's like, come here. And she's sitting on the bench next to this old lady. And she's like, I want you to shake this lady's hand. <laughs> <laughs> grandma's so a G like, and fulfilled your wish. Okay. And then I, so I do it. And she's like, you will carry Madame Zeroni up the mountain. <laughs> and sing while I drink. Uh, and she was a Mormon. Hey. And that was the end, <laughs> the end of the story. Of the story. <laughs> uh, so Avalanche that. Software has developed... <laughs> Actually, Avalanche themselves, they must have just consulted on some games, but apparently they're primary have primarily have developed. Okay. <laughs> Their most recent game 
before Hogwarts Legacy, according to Wikipedia, was Cars 3 Driven to Win. Oh, my God. Was that a PS3 game? And PS4. So it was cross Okay. Before that, they did. They were the Disney Infinity people. Oh. Uh, Cars 2. They must have just done all of these. I don't like, like this track record, no. dude. Ooh, you go back to Dragon Ball Z Sagas in 2005. I don't remember that game. <laughs> The ooh was simply because they had a Dragon Ball Z. They had some oddly assorted uh, NCAA college football 2K3. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very strange. Oh, a good friend of ours would appreciate this one. Attack in the power of Juju. <laughs> oh, shit. Shout out to Skinny. <laughs> uh, okay. They did the Just Cause games and they did do Mad Max. So did they just consult on those games, though? Uh, I don't know. They're a, de- they're a developer and publisher. So maybe they published maybe they those pub- games. Okay. Because I thought Rage they did Just two. Cause. So, yeah, so I confuse Monolith for Avalanche a lot for some reason. Yeah. Um, but they did do Mad Max, which makes sense. It's a Warner Brothers property. Mm. So is so is Hogwarts. Uh, I'm pretty sure Warner owns the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah. Uh, and they also did Rage 2, which, do you know the story about this? Mm-mm. So I don't remember how I learned this story. Um, I don't think it's under NDA or anything. But uh, <laughs> I, <hope not. laughs> I, I think I, I think this is, this is pretty well known, I think. But so... Uh, Avalanche was working on Mad Max 2. Right. And Warner basically said, Mad Max didn't sell well enough. We don't want this. So instead, they put a new color of paint on oh, it. Oh, yeah. And I came to this. Bethesda and said, hey, do you want Rage 2? And they were like, we're not doing anything with Rage. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You've already made this game. So that's how Rage 2 came to be. It wasn't that Bethesda really wanted to bring it back. It was that yeah. Avalanche... I mean, to be fair, very savvy move on their part to go like... Yeah, you got a game that's pretty much 70% done. They're 70% similar. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I might buy Hogwarts Legacy. Who knows? We'll see how it, we'll, th- we'll see how things shake out. Unless it's a 10, I'm not going to touch it. Yeah. If it's 8 or above, I'll be interested. Yeah. And we'll, so, and again, it might be... It's probably like a 3 right now. So, let's see if they can work their way up <laughs> into the upper echelons yeah. of review scores. Anyway. Let's move on to our last new story. Mormons. <laughs> PSVR 2, or whatever it ends up being called, yeah. is now officially coming out. Yes. At some point. We don't know when. But, and I'm going to just go ahead and be, say this, I don't care. <laughs> Do you? No, not really. Um, and and we are both primarily PlayStation players. That's where we play most of our stuff. Uh, the fact that you can't sell, or not you can't, I'm sure they could sell yeah. us on PSVR if they wanted to. There's a um, game demo that could theoretically exist that would make me go buy one right now. Yeah. It just hasn't happened yet. What would the game be? What would they have to pull out? I don't know. That's a good question because I think the hypothetical game, or maybe one of them, you always had to throw out there was like Star Wars Squadrons, mm. which exists now and it is in VR, but for some reason still is not has not sold me see to me that just sounds like a recipe for motion sickness fair and one of the reasons i'm not super into vr as a concept anyway is i can get motion sick that's something i've had my whole life even for some reason i didn't get motion sick the one time that we played it so we should actually tell our story about vr so um back when we did the dorm cast the most viewed dorm cast episode actually yeah by quite a large margin was jay and i (laughs) <laughs> went to uh to Louisville, Kentucky. Went to we went to go see an NXT house show, which NXT is a, a a brand of wrestling under the WWE brand where they it's like a developmental brand. Um it was really fun. It the was best awesome. the best wrestling thing I've ever been to or seen. Definitely seen live. One of the best things I've just seen in wrestling. 
Um, before that, the PSVR, they were doing sort of a pro- promotional tour for PSVR. So they were at select Best Buys across the nation. And for whatever reason, they were in the Best Buy like 12 minutes from yeah. where we were seeing the show. So Jay Skinny and I, who we've mentioned a couple of times, um, we all went up to, or was was Skinny with us for this? He was, it was right? Whole, it was everybody, right? No, I think it was just the three of us. It was just the three of us. Okay. Because <laughs> Andrew got me tickets for my birthday for the day before that was no. just me and you that the was day just before us. so he got which that's another facet of the story we went to two shows back to back, back to back yeah it was really fun and ate at chewy's both times which is funny oh yeah um anyway so it was, it was the three of us i'm pretty sure and we we were like screw it we want to see what this vr thing is about so we went to this best buy we were the only people there that I remember. I don't think there was anybody behind us. I think there was like one person who was testing it when we got there. And then we were like next in line. Yeah. So it wasn't a long wait at all. And we and they just had like a select. Wouldn't that be fun to put something on your face that was just on someone? <laughs> oh, wow. That's a weird thing to think about now. Um, <laughs> but there were just a, a select grouping of demos. Yeah. Uh, I did the, the one that was basically... Uh, like Tetris, but you fit the piece into the hole. Yeah. What did you, what did you, there was doing? the starfightery mm. one. I don't remember exactly, but it was very crude. Yeah. Um, but cool. Like it was, it was a proof of concept. Thing. Yeah. And I'm still in conceptually on VR, just not yet on like yeah. a wide commercial level. Yeah. Um, I've played VR one other time since then. Uh, the office I interned at in college, they ended up later after I, I I came back to just hang out with some of the team and they had VR at their studio. So it was PSVR. So I played the, uh, the game that's like, I forget what it's called, but it's basically, you are trapped in a chair and you have to escape. It's like an escape room kind of thing. I was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. I didn't get motion sick from that, but it was very, it wasn't super motion heavy. Yeah. You're strapped Um, to a chair. (laughs) Yeah. You could basically just look left and right and then pick stuff up. Yeah. Um, I, I think if there were some Half-Life Alex level thing, but PlayStation exclusive for PSVR, I might be sold then. Yeah. Outside of that, it's it's still sort of a novelty to me. I made the mistake, as many people of our generation did, of being in on the Kinect. Mm, yeah, and I think yeah. that experience makes me hesitant for the PSVR experience. Kinect was cool, man. It was cool. And Kinect Star Wars, where you could rom- run around... And just smash stuff uh, was really, really fun. Which that's another one of those. Uh, it's weird that all my ideal VR games stem from the Star Wars universe. Yeah. But so badly do I want a really competent VR like lightsaber game. <laughs> yeah. Um, a friend of mine, this is, you know, gosh, I probably last touched this weird peripheral video game thing 15 years ago. But uh <laughs> Other Andrew, a friend that you yes. know that I grew up with, we he know, had we this know little, Andrews. yeah, he had this thing that was like, you know, the in A New Hope, the little ball that flies around and shoots lasers at Luke yeah, to yeah. train him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what the motion sensor part of this looked like. Okay, and he like sat in front of your TV, and you had a lightsaber that was like. It was basically the hilt of a lightsaber and a plastic blade that was only like six inches long. All right. So this was your controller. Yeah. There was no, that was it. That was the extent of the hardware. It wasn't on a a console of any kind? No, I think it was just a standalone thing. Sounds like PlayStation Eye a little bit. Yeah, it's that kind of thing, but I'm pretty sure it was just a standalone thing. And 
it was very crude, but you would just like fight like, okay, Darth Vader would come up on the screen and there wasn't like a range of motion, but you could hold this thing and sort of at an angle to deflect mm. and then you could like swipe and you, gotcha, could, you would okay. see like a slash go across the screen. And I'm like, that at the time, at that young age, that was so cool. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And I want that experience scaled up into a very proper full fledged because I know there's that Vader immortal that game that's a VR game that I know some people enjoy but it's not like a full fledged oh like, this is the one where you play as Vader I think so and you can like force choke people and yeah. stuff I so think I've seen flips that's cool sense. but it's again sort of has the limitations of current VR hardware yeah. strapped to it so I am in Honestly, and this is another aspect, kind of the aspect that immediately turned me off about PSVR 2, it still has a cord. Yeah, that's a big thing. And <laughs> the it's weird that they got, I mean, I guess you want to get out ahead of that, right? And you don't want that to be a later thing that people are feeling there. Absolutely. just like, ah, crap, it has yeah. a cord. I'm not in anymore. Um, it's better to get out ahead of it now, especially with the way. So they didn't release this in a video form. They just released it, to my knowledge, on a statement, right? On PS yeah, Blog? Yeah, PS Blog. Um, so again, it's, it's very much for people like us, the, the people who enjoy discussing this kind of thing yeah. and, uh, every aspect of, of what comes into gaming, less for media consumption right now. Um, I'd say the average public doesn't know about PSVR two, or maybe they don't even know about PSVR one. Probably not. Uh, but it's interesting to me. I think the big takeaway from this to me, at least is that. PSVR 1 sold well enough to warrant this. Yeah, that's a very interesting thing that I'm kind of surprised by. Yeah. I kind of thought they would have just gone the partner with Oculus route right. eventually or something yeah. like that. Which, I mean, we can't rule out either. No. But I, yeah, Vive comes to PlayStation, yeah. whatever. The only thing that could sell me on it at this point would be show me like a side-by-side of PSVR 2 or whatever it ends up being called running next to Oculus Quest, which seems to me the most competent yeah. wireless user-friendly VR headset out there right now. Yeah, that's show the, me like a side to side and show me a game that looks really cool running vastly better on PSVR 2 yeah. and maybe I would be interested. Yeah. But until that point, I'm not. I think the I think again, I mean if they could partner with Valve, which I don't think Valve would do this because they have vested interest in keeping Steam their own thing. Also, Sony has actual ownership of Epic Game Store. Yeah. So they are direct competitors to Valve. So this is probably not happening. Yeah, there's a lot of corporate chicanery going on. Yeah. But uh, if you don't know, Sony has, I think, 51% Something ownership like of that. Epic. I, they, exactly. I think they have a share of it at least. Um, and that is sort of the competing PC marketplace with Steam, although Steam is definitely the still the main thing. Um, if Half-Life Alex, which is, from all accounts, the killer VR app, finally something worth buying vr for mm-hmm. if half-life half-life alex were to come out and if beat saber were to get mod support which is the main interesting thing to me about vr beat saber is the one thing where i've looked at it and gone beat saber does look cool i want to play this i actually really want to play this and i've still never had a chance but to me beat saber is only worth buying at least right now on pc because then you can mod in your own songs yes. and play whatever you want whereas on playstation to my knowledge you're limited to what beat saber can license and mm-hmm. stuff which is a lot more limiting than being able to upload you know whatever meme song you want to play green and day it. yep green day just the entirety of green day's catalog i'd be i'd buy that right now green, green saber exactly like luke now we're back to star oh, wars yeah. again <laughs> <laughs> on that note anyway so psvr we'll see we'll what see. happens yeah <laughs> anyway so that's the end of the news story and so i was told to interject <laughs> this by tanner 
I have no idea where this conversation is going to go. Yeah. Tanner. Yeah. What is Blaseball? Uh, so, <laughs> a lot of people know about Blaseball already. I'm sorry if you know what this is and I'm late to the game. Um, I have known of Blaseball for a while now. I'm I'm really big into the Twitter scene of like sports writers, um, internet sports people especially. I'm really good friends with uh, Kofi who works for SB Nation and Secret Base. Uh, and I, I follow sort of that whole circle of people. And Blaseball was kind of a thing I heard whisperings of uh, for at least a year now. And I just learned last night, I found out that, that someone who is a regular in the stream they moderate the Blazeball Discord. And I was like, okay, can you please... I've always been curious, what the hell is Blazeball? So, Blazeball is a fake sport. Okay? And everything in the sport is computer-generated. Okay. One, one day is a full season of Blazeball. All right. Uh, the, only play, the only day they don't play is Sunday, because that's God's day. <laughs> and... When they play, it reads as a baseball box score. So it's completely computer generated, but there are teams and players with stats. So they're baseball stats? Yes, but their stats are not like hitting and pitching and things like that. They're like Shakespeareanism or Machiavellianism or just things that people don't understand if if they have bearing on the sport or not. Do the stats change, or is it the same stats across seasons? Uh, I think it's stats based on players, similar to like a 2K system. Oh, okay. So like this player has this much Shakespeareanism, this much will to live or whatever. (laughs) Um, There is lore completely written by fans, uh, for the most part. Uh, (laughs) um, The Twitter accounts are awesome because they're, they're... they're driven like sports social media accounts, yeah. but for a sport that, again, doesn't exist. But it is this fervent online community that just loves this fake sport. I know people who aren't into real sports who love baseball. Okay. I have questions. Sure. And I'm, I apologize if I, if I don't know the answers to these yet. So, baseball made-up sport, yeah. the season is a day. Yeah. So, this, there is no actual sporting game being played no it is just stats that are generated yes so but they are i think run through a simulation it's not just like they're spitting out numbers okay i also should say that players can die uh there can be random weather events (laughs) that happen like earthquakes and cataclysms and shit uh you can be at cataclysms. One of the players was swollen whole, uh, was swollen whole by a peanut. Swollen? <laughs> Swallowed whole, sorry. Swallowed whole by yeah. a giant peanut. The league is run by a coin <laughs> who uh, was working for a giant octopus until they were killed by a giant peanut. There's a lot of peanuts in baseball. Something like that. I forget if that's... There's a lot of peanuts there. in baseball. That's true. Baseball is very similar to baseball. So it is the most direct analog... Well, that's okay. Why is you say it's baseball statistics? Yes. How is it baseball? It's it's set up in nine innings and like the format is baseball. (laughs) Okay. And they pitch and hit and there are batters and all of that. So that all counts. Players can also have items. (laughs) Like what? One pitcher one time (laughs) had a literal cannon for an arm. What's awesome is that that is a phrase 
with the word literal that has probably been used to describe so many pitchers is that he has a literal cannon for an arm. <laughs> he has an actual <laughs> cannon for an arm, and he struck. He like struck out every batter for a game. There's one character. Her name is like something tone, and she has her patented baseball bat, the dial tone. <laughs> It's all ridiculous. <laughs> and the team names are also Blaze awesome. Ball. I am a fan, uh, at least of right now, looking through the Twitters and stuff, of the LA Unlimited Tacos. There are also teams like the Mexico City Wild Wings. Are uh, they all food? Not all of them. There is the Miami Dale. <laughs> <laughs> there are the Chicago Firefighters, whose motto is, we are from Chicago. Uh, <laughs> there is uh, the Charleston Shoe Thieves who hail from every town named Charleston. <laughs> They're How awesome. Are they? There's like 24 There's teams, I South think. South Carolina. Uh, hang on. I'm just trying to think of every Oh, Charleston. Charleston. <laughs> <laughs> no, Apparently, there are a lot Charleston, of Charleston. South Carolina. That's the one I thought of, too. I'm pretty sure there's a Charleston, Georgia. Mm. Maybe they're just all in the South. Is there a Charlotte or a, Char- a Charleston, Virginia? I think or so. Or West Virginia? One of those. Because I've been there. Or I've, I've been through it. No, there's a... Hold on. There is a town that sounds like... There's a Charleston. Oh, that might be what I'm thinking of. West Virginia. Gotcha. Okay. What was the first town I already forgot? It was, Char- it was Charleston, wasn't it? Oh. I accidentally <laughs> said Charlotte. Now I'm confused. <laughs> it was. It's the Charleston Shoe Thieves. Now like I Charles, know if there's a Charleston, West Virginia. Um, anyway, so yeah, baseball is an enigma, and people apparently live stream it and commentate it, which is something I want to do now. I'm very intrigued by it. Is there is there, there Charleston is, there West is. Virginia? So that's three at least. Yeah, because uh, I was I was gonna say like I was I was asking the community I was like, well, because I learned about this on stream yesterday, and I was like, well, which team should I root for? And I was like, is there a Kentucky team? And they were like, no, there's the Ohio Worms, but they're not nope. they're not close, or, or they're not the Kentucky team. And they were like, well, there's probably a Charleston, Kentucky. And I was like, well, I'm just I'm assuming that Charleston is referring to South Carolina. And they were like, no. Their motto is they they are from every town called called Charleston, and I was just like, okay. So I I love the ridiculousness of of this. I want to actually watch gameplay of it, um, or quote unquote gameplay of it, and see what it's actually like. But yeah, I'm I'm sharing the good word of baseball. I'm I can't say I'm not curious. <laughs> right? It's so like the <laughs> jokes within themselves are are the funniest part, just like yeah. the scenarios and stuff. But all right, we're gonna move on. I'm going to talk a little bit briefly about what I've been playing, okay. and then we'll pivot into what you played recently, which will then pivot into our larger topic. Okay. Beer break? You want a beer? I'll get you a beer. Oh, you have beers right yeah. here. I didn't know you brought all of them. Dude, why would we do a podcast Thanks. called Double Tapped if we did not have beer That's true. At the ready. At all times. Good point. Anyway, first of all, let's talk about Hitman 3, mm. the game that I just platinumed two days ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm accepting a Grammy or something, <laughs> but it is not a platinum worth necessarily cheering about in the terms of difficulty, but it is one of those you're going to sink some time into this game sure. if you want to get this platinum. And which I don't mind. Kudos to them because I had no, I, so I played Hitman, the rebooted Hitman that yes. came out, I think in 2016. Yeah, 2016, um, 2015, something like that. And really enjoyed it. As really well. like this take on the game. I had never played any of the old ones. Oh, okay. Pre-reboot. So I, I played them on the PS2. Okay. Um, but I really like the just it's a it's funny. Yeah. Like it's really a funny game. Like it's not Splinter Cell like super stealth covert mm-hmm. 
any of that. And I don't know if the old Hitman games were more that. I assume that they were more stealth actiony. They were. They were more the games. Yes, they were. They took themselves more seriously, but people always could goof around in them. Yeah. But this game made goof, or these games made goofing around more of a, a focus. Yeah. Which I enjoy. And what I love about that is that you cannot, like, or it's at least not fun to go because you can do this. You could find a machine gun in a level and just go around and kill everybody. Oh, yeah. But, that's but not, not only is it not for. fun, it doesn't feel good, no. which I think is a really good intentional design choice. They're like, if you want to go guns blazing, you can, but it's going to be slow and clunky and enemies are going to kill you a lot faster than you can kill them. Yeah. Even on easy, like there's three difficulties and even on casual, which is the easiest one, it is really hard to win a game in a gunfight. So it encourages you to be like, just walk around this level, see what there is to see. Yeah. And ideally, and I'm, it's, this is an option or the objective in every level, kill the two people or one or three, depending on the level yeah. that you're trying to kill, kill only them, never get seen and leave and leave. Yeah. Like <laughs> it is super cool. It's a, it's a very cool idea. And funny enough, uh, without segueing, segueing away too much from, from Hitman, mm-hmm. I've been playing super hot. Uh, which is the game where time moves as you move, uh, bullets and enemies moving don't move unless you're moving too. So it's it's in a similar way to Hitman, they're both puzzle shooters. Yeah. Where it's all about looking around what's around you, informing yourself of where enemies are. Granted, that is more stealth based and more scenario based, and Super Hot is more directly a puzzle. But I do like the way both of those games make you think first before acting. For sure. Um, <clears throat> and the. So it's here was my initial takeaway from playing these games before I decided to platinum Hitman three was that I really like this, but there seems to be th- there's I think in every level three stories, okay. which are like the ve- the most ornate ways that the game has sort of decided that you can kill these people, right? Okay. That are very elaborate, the and scripted very, scenario exactly, and those are always fun to follow and like do the hilarity of whatever ensues, like. Um, let me think of that. Well, I'll get to my favorite level in Hitman 3 here in a second because I absolutely have a favorite. Okay. Um, Is it the Knives Out level? Knives Out level. Yeah, there's apparently... I haven't played Hitman 3, but I know there's a level set in a mansion. Oh, no, but that one is... The the murder mystery yeah. mansion is really cool. A lot of people have been seeing the parallels between it and Knives Out, which um, is interesting. But so in the course of these stories, it's usually... okay you have to become like in that level, there's the detective Mm. and you can take over the detective suit. And at that point, you pretty much have free reign to walk anywhere in the level that you want, except for a couple places. Right. So that makes it really easy to find these random ways to kill these people. Yeah. Which is great. And it's fun. And you beat the game in, you know, in earnest. Voila. Yeah. But then you go back and like, okay, now if I'm going to get the platinum, I'm going to have to play these levels a lot. And I'm going to have to follow these challenges because that's the only viable way to get XP. Mm. And getting XP is the way that you master each level, which is a trophy. Gotcha. So one of the challenges, and it's one of the biggest challenges, like the fastest ways to level up, is kill the targets, only the targets. Don't get spotted. Don't let the bodies get found. Do it all in your suit. Oh, that's cool. So... That sounds difficult. It is hard. Yeah. Even on easy, like it's hard because you, anywhere you go past like the very intro of a level in your suit, you're not allowed to be there. Yeah. So you have to be stealthy. You have to 
choke out enemies, not kill them, hide their bodies. You have to be super like intricate with how you approach these levels. Yeah. <laughs> it is just that was the first time that it clicked and I was like, oh, this is like a completely different challenge to the normal level of this game. And yeah. I actually gave it a ton of replay value. Oh, that's good. Um, and, but as I said, like that's only like one replay. If you do it right, that'll get you all that XP. Right. I still had to replay these levels 15 plus times each Jeez. to get enough challenges to master each of them. Yeah. Each play being ranging from like five minutes to like 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Depending on how many steps you took and how many sure, yeah. optional challenges you tried to get. So here's what I'm going to recommend this okay. right now. If you have never played any of these three games, do not buy Hitman 3 yet. Okay. Wait until you can get all of them on sale because you can play Hitman 1, 2, and 3 in Hitman 3 if you own all three. Gotcha. Okay. And if you can get all three for like $100 on next gen, yeah. do it. Yeah, that's a great, it is that's a great like, buy. You know, 20 of these huge levels that are like it's just such a, so many fun playgrounds like if you're into stealth if you're into just the hilarity of you know killing people with very random ways here's the here's my favorite level in Hitman 3 okay there's a level that's set in a German like nightclub out in the middle of nowhere in this weird like old industrial it might be like an old like nuclear reactor or okay that has been converted into a nightclub nice and in most levels, you have, like I said, one, two, or three targets that you're there. Yeah. And you know who they are, and they brief you on who they are. In this level, you show up, and you're, you're sort of betrayed. And I don't, first of all, I don't care about sto- story spoilers for this game. The story is, like, the most irrelevant part of this sure, game, it's, really. It's the gameplay that's fun. So you've sort of betrayed the ICA, which is, like, your organization. Yeah. So the ICA is out to get you. The ICA has sent 10 separate ICA assassins to this nightclub because oh. they know that's where you're going to be. Yeah. You don't know who they are. Oh, that's cool. And as you go in, basically you're like, okay, I have to kill not all of them, but it's like, I need to kill enough of them so that they will just give up and leave. Interesting. So it's kill five of them. <laughs> and normally when you're like using like the stealth vision or whatever, yeah. you can see the red targets. Sure. But the first time you play this level, you can't see anything. And so you have to explore and find these people dressed up as random people in this level. That's awesome. And like eventually you'll see them step aside and they're like, this is Agent Montgomery. Um, nice. No sign of the target. And you're like, well, you're going down. Like, I yeah. know you're one of my potential targets. And there's just so many ways. That's so fun. You can disguise yourself as a DJ in this level and set <laughs> the metal big ornate thing to like electrocute two of them at the same time. Like, nice. <laughs> it's it's just it's awesome yeah highly recommend all three if you're into that sort of thing and if you get them all three at a reduced price wait and do that so what uh what would you score it right now if you had to just three yeah probably like a i'll give it a, a nine okay on the dot um that's, that's really good i think it's exactly what it's set out to be like i think for my taste it's more like an 8.5 but it's so good at what it is doing that I'll give it a little more credit. Sure, yeah. I so. uh, I I've played one and two, uh, not a lot, but I've played a little bit of one and two. You can actually watch me play some of one on YouTube, uh, if you want. YouTube.com/slash/stormstreams. Um, but uh, did, wait a minute, did you just plug the channel that this is probably going to be on? Yeah, I I haven't decided <laughs> if 
if it's going to be on the dorm streams YouTube or if it's a separate page yet. Okay. So we'll see. Um, so if so, you... that's funny and meta. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, so I've been on the fence with this game for a while. Just try. It's tax season. I'm trying not to spend money right now. <laughs> but uh, after after taxes are done, I may pick it up just based on your recommendation because yeah. I really enjoyed one and two. Uh, I think it'd be really fun to stream three, just like seeing what all we can do just as a community and stuff. I think it'd be really fun. Um, and yeah, everything you just said, the fact that it's still shout out to IO yeah, really. for making three really consistently good games. Yeah. And that makes me very excited for their James Bond game. Mm-hmm, very much. Um, so, and talk about maybe the best studio to fit a franchise Absolutely. ever. <laughs> like that's so good. <laughs> um, what a fit, but yeah, I, I I really enjoyed Hitman One and Two. Both games that I bought on sale. I think like to you say, like to your point, um, this game will probably go on sale in a couple months anyway. Because the first two have already gone on sale several times. Yes, yeah, I bought I bought both of them for like twenty bucks one time. I think, um, which I do not regret at all. So the fact that you can play all of them in three and not have to have them all installed is awesome. And it's it like the on older like on PS4 and Xbox One they ran at thirty on next gen they run at sixty. Oh, beautiful! It runs better. It feels great. So we should say that we're both lucky enough to have PS5. Yeah, that's I. Uh, that was a a saga. <laughs> yeah, I made sure my boys had PS5s. Uh, everybody that I knew needed one. We we tried our best to get somebody one. Yeah. But the interesting wrinkle there was that you were the only one able to procure a digital version, which is the kind that I wanted is, very yeah, badly. So, uh, and Jay got a physical version, so we traded. We just traded. Um, but yeah, it's uh. It's it's a good series and I I want to play three at some point. Who yeah. knows when that'll happen? But but what you played recently? Yes, was Demon Souls. Correct. I finished Demon Souls recently. Yeah. I would like your quick thoughts on Demon Souls as a whole. Okay. And then we will get into the next little thing that's just going to be fun, and I'll tell you what that's called in a second. <laughs> okay. So uh, my my time with Demon Souls, uh, not my time at Porsche, a different game. Um, was a little video game joke for you. Went over my head. Have you not heard of my time at Porsche? Can't say. It's I on have. PlayStation Now right now. If you want to play it, it's like a Harvest Moon type game. Um, I'm out. All right, <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, no, Demon Souls. I thought was. I have a lot of really interesting thoughts about Demon's or not interesting, but yeah. a lot of conflicting thoughts about Demon Souls. I enjoyed my time with it a lot. I enjoyed it as a stream game. I died 270 times in my awesome. first playthrough. I kept track. Um, I. Enjoyed it. I enjoy Souls games, especially now. I think I'm fully into the the idea of them as yeah. overall, or from soft games. I Which ones had you played prior to Demon Souls? Uh, so I played Bloodborne, Sekiro, and Dark Souls Three. Okay, um, those were the three that I played. Dark Souls Three being my least favorite of those three, uh, but I still enjoy Dark Souls Three, and I think I like that game more now having played Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, because my biggest critique of Demon Souls is because it was the first one, because they hadn't really refined what they were doing yet. Uh, the format of this game is different than all those all those other FromSoft games. Very much where, so. Um, in your Bloodborne's, your Sekiro's, and your Dark Souls three, uh, you have touchstones you can get to throughout the level. The final one being the one closest to a boss fight. You can usually get there pretty easily, and then just do the boss fight. And the boss fight is what's hard. Mm-hmm. In this game, in my opinion, the boss fights are rarely hard. It is the journey to the boss fight that is difficult. Yeah. And that I don't like as much. The thing I like so much about Bloodborne and Sekiro and even Dark Souls 3 is the hotline Miami-ness of throwing yourself at a wall until you can break through it, right? You just keep going, keep going. It's something I love about Superhot, too. It's the same thing. You reset until you finish the level. Um, And I love learning the boss fights and learning their patterns. The regular enemies aren't as interesting to me. And so the fact that 
I didn't know this coming in. A lot of people refer to Demon Souls as the hardest one. I completely disagree. I think it's the easiest one that I've I think played. you're right. Um, but the the regular enemies aren't as interesting to fight as a boss is. And this game does a lot of stuff that I don't like about certain some certain FromSoft bosses. Whereas this game has the most gimmick fights. Definitely. I think of any of the Souls games Definitely. I've played. Where a lot of them are either formalities or you just have to, in one case, the dragon fight, which I think is the worst fight in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not even really a fight. You just run through, press a button, run through, press a button, run through, and then hit the dragon, and that's it. Um, I don't know. I'm going for the Platinum. It's a fun game to run around in. It is beautiful. Gorgeous. I should say Blue Point did an amazing job with this remaster. All of my critiques are more directed toward the original Demon Souls. I think they did a great job with the port and some of the quality of life stuff they did. Um, but yeah, I was... I, it's interesting. My my opinion of this game was really high uh, around the Maneater fight. Yeah. I love that Maneater fight. I think it was really hard, and I really felt accomplished once I beat it. After that, I beat, like, seven or eight bosses on my first or second try. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, this isn't... Oh, that wasn't that hard. Oh, this isn't that great. And my opinion of the game slowly went down just because there weren't a lot of unique boss fights. Yeah. Um, so those are my we'll main We'll hear more ones. about those here in just a second. Oh. Uh, just to get my brief thoughts, because I beat Demon Souls... I guess what two months ago? I don't know. Yeah, you beat it before I did. Yeah, um, it was when I got it at launch. Like it was probably my most anticipated game at launch, right there with Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yeah, um, which we both enjoyed. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, but I so I have played now Dark Souls, Dark Souls Two, Dark Souls. I've played all of them. I guess I've played every Souls game. Nice. That's kind of weird to say. Yeah. Demon Souls, Dark, all three, Bloodborne, Sekiro, Sekiro. Yeah. which I don't consider Sekiro a Souls game. It's different enough. Mm. Even though some of the, it absolutely has a lot of the same tropes. Yeah. But the actual moment to moment gameplay, I think, is a little distinct. That's fair. Um, it is yeah, a FromSoft game, though. It, yeah. <laughs> but I agree with you. And you actually articulate it well when you say that a lot of the bosses are gimmicky and easy. And that takes away from the things that I really enjoyed. Like, Bloodborne was the first FromSoft game that I ever played. And I remember the visceral rushes that came from Bloodborne came from that moment where, against all odds, you finally overcame that one boss that you couldn't beat. Yes. And you finally did it. And you're right that I never really had that in this game. Um, Now, I will admit, I knew a lot about Demon's Souls going in. And if you know how to play Demon Souls, you can make Demon Souls incredibly easy. Mm. If you find the right weapons, if you play it using the right stats, yeah. you can trivialize the whole game pretty much, mainly by using magic. Yes, which uh, I've done on my second Pretty much favorite. every enemy is weak to magic. And there's a really good sword called the Crescent Falchion. Exactly, or Falchion. which I ran right to it when I... See, I, I didn't know at the time, but that became my main weapon in my first exactly. playthrough. And then uh, that sword is buffed by magic stats, so... My second playthrough, which I did for trophies, or I'm doing for trophies, uh, I just immediately went to it, and everything was doubled up by my magic that was already high. Exactly. It was, it was wild. Yeah, so I will give Demon Souls all the credit in the world for kicking off this format of game. Yeah. I will give it a ton of credit for admittedly having one of my favorite areas in any of the games, which is the Tower of Latria, which yep. I think is absolutely Easily the best part of the game. One of the most atmospheric and creepy levels in any video game I have ever played. And so unique. It's not it's it doesn't incredible. even feel like anything it's else like I've played. The, it's like the Eye of Sauron Tower meets like <laughs> some kind of weird like HP Lovecraft Caban Lovecraft exactly. Yeah. Like it's so cool and so scary. And if you fall down in like the, the pits area of oh. it, 
I, the first time I ended up down there, I was like, get me out now. <laughs> yeah. Which in retrospect, I love that it had it gave me that visceral reaction. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I, I love Demon Souls, but I will admit that it's not the worst from soft game. That's Dark Souls 2, and I will have that we'll have that discussion another day yeah whenever i play whenever you've games. played them all we'll we'll have that I'm discussion only, i'm only two away i'm not that far um but yeah i think it's it was a it set the path for everything that came after it and i give it credit for that but let's talk specifically about the bosses in a little brief segment i'm going to call the boss rush boss rush where i'm we're just going to go through and give I don't, I don't want us to elaborate a ton i okay. want us to give like brief because there's a good amount of bosses in this game yeah we're going to give our brief thoughts on all of them. Okay. Should we give it a score? Let's do thumbs up, thumbs middle, thumbs down for the With boss both fight. thumbs? What? So I could do like one thumb up, one thumb sideways. <laughs> That's like the second best score. I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say one thumb unless we need okay. clarification. Okay, fair. Thumb middle is sort of just like a whatever. <laughs> and we can give a few words to yeah. justify yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to I just want to rank them. All right. Or rate them. We're gonna see, let's see how these are ordered. I've got the list pulled up here. Also, spoilers for the names and ideas of boss fights in Demon Souls, but but Demon Souls has been around for twelve years, so <laughs> that's yeah, on you. Yeah. All right. So these are sorted. <laughs> I don't know if it's on you, but <laughs> these are sorted by archstone. So we're gonna okay. go each archstone bottom up. Sure. Starting with the phalanx. Thumbs down. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I agree. Thumbs down. It's gimmicky. Easy. Super weak to fire. Although the intro when it shoots the arrow at you is really cool. I don't even remember that. You don't remember that? Like when you first open that door, it just shoots a giant arrow out onto the ground oh, in like you. a cutscene. I'm like, that was cool. You get bonus points for that, but less bonus points for <laughs> sucking. Tower Knight. Uh, I like Tower Knight. Tower Knight's great. I think it's a cool fight. It it's, really uh, is. It's very similar to the One Reborn. Yep. It's um, the precursor to that fight, really. Yes, which is interesting now because... It's funny because we have, we both have the same context for these fights, which mm-hmm. I think this is a big thing of all FromSoft games. Normally, people I talk to about these games tend to cite their first one of these as their favorite. Definitely. I think a lot of that is because... Because their first one was Bloodborne. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> a lot of people did get in on Bloodborne, but also... Uh, the first time you experience these kind of games is the most special, I think. Yeah. And you don't have context for other boss fights that they've kind of repeated or yeah. revisited the ideas That's of over true. the years. So if we were, I know that we're comparing fights from an older game to fights from a newer game, but it's the one we place first. So mm-hmm. that's what it reminded me of. And it was less special that way. I did like that fight. And I like that there's a trophy for not killing yeah, which the I archers. Have, maybe one of these days I'll go back and it's do easy. Some of these. You have a lot of magic. Okay. You can kill him in one knockdown. If you have a lot of magic. Fair. Thumbs up tower night. Yes. Thumbs up. Penetrator. Uh, don't remember this fight. Penetrator well. is the one where you you walk into the fog door and there's the uh, fat. What do they call it? Uh, fat? Uh, I forget what. The, it's technically the name of the enemy yeah, is Fat Something. It is Fat Something. Um, but then he gets stabbed by the dude with the giant sword. Oh, it's the guy. It's kind of like Dragon Slayer armor looking. Yeah, and it, okay. like he's protecting the old or the Colonel Sanders. Yes. <laughs> uh, that fight was fine. It felt like the Guardian, or not the Guardian fights, uh, whatever the fights were called in Bloodborne, where you fought the other the hunters. people. Hunter fights, thank you. Um, it felt kind of like that. I, I think I one-tried this boss, so I don't remember yeah. it very well. But Me too, however. Here's what I'll say. I'm going to give Penetrator a thumbs up. Yeah, me too. Because it's a, I like the fights that are the most like you're fighting a character that's the most like yourself. Yeah, me too. Those are my favorite. And 
had I, again, I went into Demon's Souls with a lot of info. Okay. If you know the Penetrator fight, it's a lot easier. If you don't, his timings are super weird. Because yeah. he does like that spin approach on all of his attacks that like you're gonna dodge way too early and yes. he's gonna smack you. Yeah, there was one attack that he kept hitting me on, but I, I I guess I just I did that area last. I don't know what I didn't know anything, but just intuitively I was like because that door was locked, I was like, Okay, this is the last part of the game. Yeah. I just knew. And so I did that area last, so I had a lot of strength. Fair. Um but I enjoyed that fight. Yeah. Um The False King. Which is the Colonel, Colonel Sanders. Sanders. My favorite fight in the game. It's probably the most modern fight yes. in the sense that it's relatively fast and fluid and sharp, and the enemy has a, a variety of attacks. Yes, yeah. a lot more than the other bosses. Definitely. I say. So yeah, that's probably the on paper the best fight in the game. So big thumbs up to the False King. I agree. The Armor Spider. Uh, I hate this fight. I, I'm going to go thumbs middle. I thought it was interesting. At least it wasn't super gimmicky. Um, it is sort of a you read it as you play it kind of yeah. thing. Um, it took me a few tries, which I actually enjoy. But uh, once you figure out that you can just stand slightly off of the middle and most of the attacks miss you. I didn't know that. Ex- except for the one where you have to run out and then you have to dodge the yeah. spiders. But if you're standing right in the middle, he hits you with like the... The Scyther attack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you're just off enough, you can, like, roll through it and be fine. Yeah, I don't like fights that take place in such a weird, narrow, or gimmicky arena. Yeah, it was very confined. So, like, the fact that you're just f- filed into this one little hallway, and it's like, you have to run all the way up, then run all the way back. I'm That's like, fair. I really don't like this. So, thumbs down for me for Armor Spider. I'm, I'm in the middle. Flame Lurker. Uh, cool fight. I is a cool fight. I did it way later than intended, I think, mm. and uh, it was very easy the first time I did it. Second time I did it was a little bit harder, but also not that hard. I know some people say that's the hardest fight in the game. Yeah, they do. I disagree completely. Um, it wasn't hard for me either, which I, is kind of I, I thought surprising. It was, I thought it was pretty easy, and uh, not to sound like we're... I don't think we're gloating here. I It's well, the way you approach the game. It's going to have different outcomes for everybody. Yeah, and I, I will happily admit that I spent like 14 hours on the final boss of Sekiro. Like, I'm not... I'm not great at these I games. I think everybody did. Um, I'm not great at these games from the get-go. And for whatever reason, uh, a lot of the stuff just clicked with me. But, yeah, it, it was a cool fight. I like the arena. I like yeah. uh, the way the just the environment looks and the fact that you can die to lava around it and stuff. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I think it was another precursor to, like, a Bloodborne fight. But in the sense of, like, it was just a fast, aggressive, like, beast that was coming at you. Yeah. And I like that. It had a nice open arena. If it weren't so weak to magic, it would be an extra thumbs up, but I'm still going to give it a thumbs up. Yeah, me too. Dragon God. Uh, the worst fight in the game. Thumbs down. Major thumbs down. Hard to disagree. It's just uh, a gimmick. It's it's not a it fight. It sucks that the marketing of the game back in the day and the and the marketing of this, of this new one, one yeah. where, like, it comes out and he's the giant thing at the end, like, oh, this is the big boss of the game, yeah. which is really not that was so disappointing. It is very disappointing. Although, here's... You're trying to... If they're trying to make... They should have just made him smaller. Because how are you supposed to f- believably fight this ginormous dragon? That's true. So, like, if they at least made it, like, a believably small... There's been a lot of dragon fights in the Souls series, so... Yeah. They could have done it better. I mean, even that dragon that you fight in Dark Souls 3 where you, like, plunging attack to its head. Yeah. Well... <laughs> That Are you attack, trying to say it's better? That attack or that game, that fight is slightly better than this. It's not a great fight. I didn't enjoy that fight either, but it's better than running to two spear guns and then that's it. Uh, I could go either way. I think the, at least the plunging Sunday. attack is an interesting mechanic as opposed to just hitting a button, which isn't. Yeah. 
but still. Worst fight in the game. Thumbs down on Dragon God. Fool's Idol. Uh, I actually like this fight. Really? Yeah, it's it's Bloodborne esque. I feel like it's sort of similar to like the uh, the the celestial emissaries or whatever they're called. Mm. The ones aren't aren't there like false ones in that, or is there a different one? No, not that one. The it's, Witches of Hemwick has uh, the two. Oh yeah, the the old ladies. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. I think but it's maybe most isn't there to one that with one. like the little guys that some of those are fake? Maybe not. It's been a while since I played Bloodborne. But well, celestial emissary. There's the fake enemies, but they are real you can fight them but only one is the one well i guess you're right it's it a similar kinda, kind of idea you're right um i enjoyed it i that was at least challenging enough uh i thought at least i i i didn't realize the whole um well actually i first tried this boss but i didn't realize that you had to kill the guy in the tower yeah. so i had to redo the fight which is i thought was interesting enough it was kind of frustrating at the time like that. but it was it was a cool enough wrinkle that i was okay with it yeah. um and I actually think part of the reason I like this fight is that is one of my other secret favorite areas mm. is leading up to that fight. The prison, especially the because uh, this is the prison, right? Mm-hmm. The sort of big giant lady that shoots arrows. The statue that bridge. is awesome. That's that a is. really fun area. And uh, I, I just like the way that lays out. Yeah, I'm going to go thumbs middle hmm. on the fool's idol. <clears throat> it's another one that I think is too easy. Um, That's fair. Because, I mean. You can dodge all the attacks by just standing behind a pillar and just chipping away and finding the right one and doing damage. Yeah. So once you figure out how to find the right one, it's, but I love it's the wrinkle of like work. kill the guy or else it's just going to keep respawning. Like yeah. that's a really cool, cool. idea. Um, man eater. Second favorite fight in the game. Um, one of the hardest fights. Definitely. I think maybe the hardest. I think fight. it is the hardest. Uh, it's either him or, or Colonel Mustard, but um, <laughs> not Colonel Mustard. Colonel Sanders. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It kind of probably looks like Colonel Mustard too. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, uh, I love this fight. This was the fight where... This was the fight that made my opinion of the game the highest. Mm-hmm. Coming right off of Maneater, um, I spent two streams on Maneater. Like, it took me a while. Uh, my magic wasn't high at all, and so I was just doing very, very little damage. Yeah. Uh, my second playthrough was awesome because I was using magic, and I nearly killed the first Maneater before the second one even spawned. Did you know there was going to be a second one? No, I had no idea. Okay. So it was like... <laughs> so I did. What the hell's happening yeah. here? Um, That's an awesome thing. Where it's like, a cool you moment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I like the setting. Again, part of it is that Lothria is, is my favorite place by Definitely. far. Um, that and, giant heart thing that you have to like, Oh, yeah, where you have to go to the other... to like free everything up. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> but cool. Uh, yeah, favorite boss in the game. Yeah. Or second favorite, sorry, second favorite. It might be my favorite. It's close. Uh, it's just, they're, it's cool, they're aggressive, like, I don't know, it just, the arena is restricting, but in a cooler way where you can still have freedom of movement. Yeah. You just have to be creative. I think the only knock of this fight compared to the False King fight is that you can get knocked off the bridge. Yeah. Which is a little frustrating when you're doing well and then just all of a sudden it's an unlucky thing. But yeah. Still love this fight. Me too. Big thumbs up. Yeah, old monk. <clears throat> I don't remember this fight. What it's is the fight right after Maneater up in the tower with the oh, big and where the you yellow fight someone robes. online if you yes, can. Yes, if you can. Uh, I was told. I wasn't told what this fight was going to be. I was told though to go online uh, mm. when I fought it because I played most of my game offline. Um, that being said, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I, I I I enjoyed the sort of randomness of who am I going up against yeah. with the online portion. Playing it for the second time and staying offline, it's a cakewalk. Very much. The regular computer fight is way more boring than the online fight. So I would give the online, if you're online and you play it, I give that a thumbs up. Otherwise, it's a thumb middle, just kind of a standard fight. I'm going to give it a thumbs middle overall mm. because 
I did the same thing where the first time I played it online, the second time I played it off and it was easy. <clears throat> However, this was maybe my most disappointing moment in the entire game because okay. it was the moment that I realized that when you reach the last boss in any particular art stone, there is no real level segment that leads up to that last boss. Yeah. And it's pretty it's much a straight shot. Boss from, door, boss door. Exactly. Yeah. So once I realized, cause I was loving the tower of Latria so mm. much and you see this last tower and you're thinking, Oh cool. I'm going to go and like ascend this cool, like layered structure. Yeah. But no, you walk in and you go up a staircase and you fight one of the Cthulhu head <laughs> monsters. Yeah. And then you're you there. Said Cthulhu very interestingly. I've never known how to pronounce that. Word. I like it. It's just, uh, whatever. No, no, no. I wasn't <laughs> trying to rag on you. I just thought it was um, but yeah, so I was like, oh, that's it? Yeah. So like the best part of the level is already gone, which I w- did not know. So then I reached the old monk and kind of had a sour taste in my mouth. That's fair. So middle on that one for me. I would give the online a thumbs up, but the regular fight is thumbs middle for me. Let's see. Oh, wait, I scrolled down too much. Adjudicator. Uh, I don't really like this fight. It's Me neither. I, I did the thing first try of, it's a, there's a trophy for it, which is... Killing him without knocking him down. Which I yeah, that's. Uh, I just did I it with. I did it with bow and arrow. I was like, oh, there's this bird. He, you can hit him. I'm just gonna hit him. Because uh, I went down the first time. I saw that my attacks weren't doing anything, so I just went back up and shot him with a bow. Um, it's kind of a nothing fight. I'm giving it thumbs down. Attacks are easy to dodge, and then if you're not the worst thing is if you go in and you can't deal a lot of damage. It just takes forever, but it's easy. So mm. that's just very boring. Yeah. So thumbs down there for me. Thumbs down as well. Old hero. Which fight is the this? The blind one? The big blind guy that oh. pops out of the wall? Uh, thumbs middle for me. I thought it was okay. In terms of the rest of the game, I'm going to go thumbs up. Mm. Um, because it is cool that there are items in the game that you like can the use. the stealth to, ring. Exactly. Which is what I used to beat him. Um, which I didn't use the first time. So I like would attack. And like, if you went and did stand still even without it, he would be like, you know, looking for you. Yeah. I like that mechanic. It's interesting, and he does a lot of damage and is a faster fight than a lot of the other fights in the game, and it is a real fight, not a gimmick. It's It has a gimmick, but it it's, it doesn't right. a, it's not the full solution to the fight. You're right. Which I enjoy. So I'm going to go thumbs up there. I go thumbs middle. Storm King. Uh, which is the stingray? The giant flying stingray. <sighs> I have to say, major thumbs up. Interesting. I really love this fight. I think I might go thumbs middle. I, I understand if you do. Again, it's a gimmick fight. Um, it is challenging still in some ways, uh, unless you go behind the house, in which case it becomes really easy. Which I did. Uh, I did too. Admittedly. Uh, but I will say, the only reason I go thumbs middle here instead of thumbs up is, A, I don't like gimmick fights, but B, uh, this is the same sword mm-hmm. that you use to kill Yorm in Dark Souls 3. Yes, it is. Uh, which is my least favorite fight in any FromSoft game. <laughs> really? Because I was not familiar with the idea of the oh. gimmick fight. And in Bloodborne, if you remember, there aren't many gimmick fights, if if at all. I don't think there is a gimmick fight, or at least not to this extent, where there is no, one solution not. to killing him. Um, so I went into Yorm's fight pretty early on and got the item in the back of the room, which is the sword you're supposed to kill him with. Uh, but I didn't know that you were you had to equip that sword in order to beat him. Like that was all you could do. Yeah. And I threw my head against the wall for hours against Yorm. Once I figured out it was just that sword, I went on. Maybe my favorite rant I've ever done on the stream, just like completely trashing that game, uh, and so I have I have as you said a bit of, a bit of a, t- a sour taste in my mouth uh, for that fight. I thought the fight was okay. Also, my favorite place in the in the game to 
to like earn souls. Yeah. It's a great place to grind because those those stingrays give a lot of souls. But yeah. Uh, yeah, thumbs middle for me. I love that one because it's so cinematic. Like mm, you walk true. out and it's at knowing that the storm ruler is out there and you're having to run through this like gorgeous particle effects in this rain and like all these freaking flying stingrays, <laughs> which are what the, there is no other thing you no. could call them. They are stingrays like just shooting like ice shards at you, whatever the heck. Like it's yeah. so weird. It is very but strange. It's so cool when you get the storm ruler and you just, you know, whip. It's like a giant like. Indiana Jones whip, but with air, like yeah. at this thing, like it's just really cool in its presentation. I, I agree knew with it, that. and I think that it helped that I knew it wasn't going to be hard, so I was just expecting it mm. to be fun. Yeah, that's fair. Leechmonger, uh, thumbs down. This fight was boring as hell. Definitely, and also I went there too early and got destroyed, mm. and then went back way later and destroyed him and like three yeah, hits. I I did this fight very easily, <clears throat> so I don't remember much of it. Thumbs down. Thumbs dirty, down for me too. Dirty Colossus. Uh, same. Pretty much the same fight. fight. Yeah, Thumbs exactly. Down. Thumbs down. That's what I was gonna say. They are very similar, and they're back to back. Maiden Astraya. Uh, this is the one with the knight. Yeah. Yeah, the knight protecting the lady at the back of this disgusting corpse pit. I like this fight. I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. I, I think I think the knight element was enough of an interesting. Like, oh, okay. Uh, for me that I enjoyed it. but I agree with that, except I'm going to go thumbs middle because you can just sort of cheese him because he won't come any further up the path. Yeah. So the there's a trophy itself, for that too. Yeah. Or the, I, and there's a trophy for killing her without... That's what I'm saying. So okay, yeah. Without killing him. Which so, I, you know, for me, it was like, you can kill him by just coming all the way, like bringing him all the way up. But at a certain point, he was like, we'll lose aggro. Mm. And so you can just attack him and then he'll attack you, but he won't pursue you any gotcha. further. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I killed him on my first try, and I thought that was it's cool. another one of those. It's like you can kill him easily; it just takes a while. Yeah. So then that's kind of what I did, but the emotion and the setting of that fight is cool. Yeah, I like the area. So at least thumbs middle. And that was all of the bosses in Demon Souls. Huh. I'm less negative on them as a whole, like ranking them one by one. Yeah. But they're definitely some stinkers. I think there is an overwhelming feeling of just ah, uh, they could have done this better. Like they could have yeah. done some of the early bosses better. Um, I think Bloodborne is the shining example of doing an early boss right. Sekiro does that as well. Uh, oh, hold on. I technically forgot one. Vanguard, the tutorial boss. Oh, the the axe guy that's supposed yeah, to kill you? Yeah, the big three-eyed, which you can kill him. Yeah, but you still die in some way, right? There's some weird like thing you, you go to the next. Do Nexus. you know what happens? No, I don't really. I just know it's so, funny. You, if you kill him, it like opens a pathway or you're teleported or something to this area that you don't know where it is and you like go down some stairs or whatever and you turn a corner and you're in a hallway and there's the dragon god so you're in that oh, area interesting. and if you walk all the way out there he just sees you and just like smacks you down and kills oh, you that's kind of cool uh i died to him so early that i didn't i didn't even think about it yeah. so i was getting along in that fight thinking that i was gonna win mm. and kind of got was frustrated when i lost and i'm like I'm better than this. Like <laughs> I never killed that enemy either in the uh oh in the, the skeleton. I think area. I did kill it later. Mm. But uh I will say that oh also we forgot I guess the last boss technically, but that's not even a fight, which I think was another underwhelming thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's cool in the story sense. Yeah. Kinda. But also these games the story is so like nebulous and weird <laughs> for most of them that it doesn't really matter. That's a that's a good way to describe it. Um yeah, but there's just this weird overall feeling of like man eater flame lurker uh colonel, colonel sanders. sanders the false king uh 
and maybe a couple other fights are like Tower Tower Knight. Yeah. Uh, there's like one good fight in each area, yeah. basically. So that's fine, but when they have such a good track record, it's a little disappointing. Yeah. So Demon Souls on the whole, really cool, really fun, enjoyable experience, but could have been even better. What would you score it? A nine. Really? Yeah. Oh, so for me, this game's like a seven. Really? Yeah. I guess I'm... I just have now a deep infatuation with these FromSoft style yeah, Soulsy games. I, I do too when they're done right. Uh, I oh, hey, oh well, hang on, maybe I need to reevaluate. Because like I think now I was harder on Dark Souls three than I should have been. You're right because that was my first Dark Souls game. Let and me, uh, let me take it down to like an eight because I think Dark Souls three is like a nine. Whereas Bloodborne and Sekiro are like pushing. Bloodborne is a ten. Like See, Bloodborne to me is. We're in similar we're in similar thought, but just ranking them differently. Dark Souls three to me is an eight because there are points I were I was really frustrated with that game, um, and then like Bloodborne is a ten, and I think Sekiro is a ten too. I I wouldn't. If Sekiro is not a ten, it's like a nine five. Exactly. Like it's, that's, it's really that's where I'm at. Dark Souls two is like a six point five. <laughs> that might be harsh, but it's like a seven. People either me. love or hate it. Hate that game. Dark Souls. I'm excited for you to play Dark Souls one. Yeah, me too. I think I'll like <laughs> Dark Souls games now more. Having played Demon Souls and really familiarized yeah. myself with the stats and stuff. The funny thing about Dark Souls to Demon Souls comparison wise is like, yes, there's the big bosses. Yes, there's, you know, sort of bonfire as checkpoints. But in terms of really the structure of the level design and everything, Blood or Dark Souls and Demon Souls could not be more different. Mm. It is so different. Huh. Honestly, Demon Souls is the most similar probably to Bloodborne in its level structure. Yeah, interesting. With like having less of an integrated world and more of just sort of paths that you can follow. Bloodborne has some shortcuts and stuff. Yeah. Dark Souls is nothing but shortcuts, hmm. which is what is so I cool like about that. it. I like shortcuts. But we're going to move along. Demon Souls was one of the, you know, cornerstones of the launch of this next generation of games. Yes. It was a PS5 exclusive. We're going to get into a little bit about the you know, what consoles some of these games came out on. But we're going to rank the launches of every relevant generation. <laughs> relevant. No, we're not ranking like somebody playing, you know, Pong on their, you know, wooden box computer. from <laughs> ColecoVision. Like, exactly. Uh, can I have another beer? Absolutely. So these are going to be based Thank on you. a list here. This is Codex Gamicus. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. Shout out. But they have assembled the standout launch games from every console generation. And we're going to just okay. briefly run through them. We're going to decide which generation had the best launch. All right. So. Are we are we going... I'm assuming we're not ranking them all because that would be hard. Are no, we, are, I just want us to... Do we, we want to do like gold, silver, bronze medals? Sure. Okay. And this is all our personal taste. We should say we're young lads that we're both in our mid twenties, so we're not. Well, Jay's still in his early twenties, I guess technically, but uh, I call twenty four. I'm about to turn twenty five. That's true. Uh, <laughs> so we were we were born in ninety five, ninety six. So sorry in advance if we're underrating some of the earlier consoles. But we have played some of these games that predate us that we love. That's very so, true. That's very true. And we give credit where credits due. Obviously, some games are just beyond influential. Yes. So let's see. We're going to start with what is colloquially known as the third generation, which is the NES generation. Which is also where I'd start. <laughs> yes. So, the NES generation launched 
and I'm just going to, I'm even going to rule out some of these games myself. Like you don't really need to hear that there was a game that launched in the U S on the NES called baseball. <laughs> God, the Atari is full of stuff like exactly. that. It's just like pole vault. But so you had the original Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. Let's see. Ice Climber, singular. Oh. Before they were. Kung Fu Soccer. Super Mario Maybe? Brothers. Okay. It's a really strong launch game. When you skip over to the European launch, you also had Excite Bike. Okay. That's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, on the Famicom. Let's see. Which is technically still considered, I guess, the third console generation. Okay. There was Super Mario Brothers 2. Oh. The Legend of Zelda. So the Famicom, because Super Famicom is the same thing as Super NES, correct? SNES. I believe so. So what differentiates the Famicom from the NES? I'm not Just entirely a later launch sure. Maybe? Yeah, because it launched in Japan, let's see, three years later hmm. than the NES launched in Japan. Okay, interesting. I Although with some of the same, this. like, baseball. <laughs> but yes, it launched with Super Mario Bros. 2 and The Legend of Zelda. Okay. Uh, but then we skip along to the Master System. Same Sega. generation. Which, I gotta be honest with you, not familiar with most of these games. I don't know. But Hang On, Teddy Boy Blues, <laughs> Action Fighter. Okay. Fantasy Zone. <laughs> these <laughs> these are like sound randomly fake. Generated. Yeah, these are like SNL skit video games. If anybody out there is a diehard fan, what is it, Fantasy <laughs> Zone, I would love to know what Fantasy Zone actually Please is. Please give us a deep dive into Fantasy Zone. Uh, we have the Atari 7800. Okay. Let's see. Miss Pac-Man. Is 7800 Jaguar? Or is that a different one? I don't know. I think that might be Jaguar. Maybe. But this launched in the U.S. in 1986. Okay. Still 10 years before you were born. Miss Pac-Man, Joust, Galaga. That's actually not a bad lineup. It's not. It's, it has some, All three games I know. Some like arcade cabinet classics that like yeah. have persisted. So some a little bit of respect on Atari 7800's name. Put some name. respect <laughs> on the 7800's name. You know what I mean? All right. So that was the third generation in earnest. Okay. So I say here's what we do. We rank each the as best we go of each along, gen. we'll say, is this one better than the last one? And if it is, we'll knock out the last one. Okay. So and the we'll best see, of this bunch. And we'll see who's standing at the end. The best of this bunch is probably the NES. Although oh, wait, hold on. I didn't mean rank I just meant like let's I, those is a collective. All of those games, keep those in mind. Oh, we're, we're ranking rank the, the generations. Entire, exactly. Gotcha. I misunderstood. Sorry. Okay. So we're not ranking a console. No. That is just okay. So a pretty strong generation. Yeah. Miss Pac Man. A pretty influential early Mario Brothers. Obviously. Mario Brothers Two. Zelda. All right. You have you have Mario and Zelda right there. Two of the most you know yeah. legendary franchises. Not, I would argue not their best iterations. Sure. We got better, but but it's kind of like Iron Man. It started it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or Citizen Kane. <laughs> there was no Citizen Kane Two. Was there? <laughs> like I didn't mean in terms of sequels. I just meant in, for, in terms of like defining modern our, our ways of modern. Yeah, but like <laughs> I was saying more like, oh, there's Mario too. Mario, I 3, see what Mario you mean. But like, <laughs> I thought you just meant setting well, the no, stone. Like, we'd be at like Citizen Kane like eighty seven right now. <laughs> the Kaneing. <laughs> Fourth generation. Uh, Guarantee you've never heard of this console. Okay. The NEC TurboGrafx XCD. I've heard of TurboGrafx. TurboGrafx. It's, you're right. I missed. I've, yeah, I've heard right. of a TurboGrafx. That's what it is. Which, but just because of emulation. Uh, let's see. Launched with 
Bikuriman Dajikai. <laughs> uh, my favorite part of this podcast is just getting Jay to read Japanese game names now. I'll do that all for three hours. I don't care. <laughs> We're already at an hour and a half. <laughs> fighting Street. Uh, fighting. Oh, the Monster Lair. That was pretty much it for the Turbo Graphics. Turbo Graphics, not a hot launch. Uh, Sega Genesis. Sega. Super Thunder Blade. Space Harrier 2. Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle. Okay, I've heard of that game. Altered Beast. That's a fighting game. Fantasy right? Star 2. No, Altered Beast is the... Why have I heard of Altered Beast? I know what Altered I have too. I'm not familiar. Is that the one where you're fighting and you can turn into an animal? That Alter might be yourself what Altered Beast is. Into a beast? Could be. Go ahead. Sorry, we went out there. Altered Beast. <laughs> Fantasy Star 2. People love those fantasy yeah. star games, man. Tommy Lasorda baseball. <laughs> oh, you can just sit on a bench all day. Thunder Force 2. Uh, then we move on to the Sega CD, which I guess is different. Same generation. Launched in 1992. The uh, Genesis launched in 88. So it's interesting to see how these they classify these generations sort of as a longer frame yeah. of time. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but the CD was a... Sega CD was an extension to the Genesis? I might be wrong there. I'm not sure. There was some... I know that the one of those Sega systems... I never had Sega growing up. Uh, but had like a bunch of modifiers you can stack right. on top of each other. And there's that there's that legendary like meme of all the Sega applications like daisy-chained on top of each other. It's just like a huge stack. But so, I could be wrong there. Sorry. Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective Volume 1. Oh, lit. Uh, let's see. Cobra Command. Chuck Rock. <laughs> Now, I don't know if that's a name or an action. <laughs> that was good. Um, that was Night Trap. Podcast. Sewer Shark. Wait, is Night Trap the... Oh, hold on. <laughs> You're just still laughing at Sewer I, Shark. No, I'm laughing at Chuck Rock. <laughs> I feel like Night Trap, that might be the game. I'm going to look it up really quick. Okay. There's a game that's like an FMV game where... You're tra- like you're trying to stop people in some eighties house and it's hilarious. Night trap. That is the exact game I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. It's an FMV game and you have to like go to these cameras and stop the killers from killing the family or whatever. I've <laughs> I've watched a couple of people I know stream it. It's, it's like it's really that one it had an HD remaster. video. Oh, uh to uh 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 oh god. Uh, it's something the, in the floors. It's something. Is it, some, there's not the bear one. No, there's too many cooks, which it's not. There's like un, unedited. This house has people bear. in it. Yes, that's what it <laughs> this is. This house has people in it. Is a weird deep dive <laughs> that Jay and I did one time. That was one night where we watched all of these videos consecutively. They're sort of like surrealist, esoteric type things on yeah. Adult Swim, and which unedited fo- footage of a bear is. <laughs> Just that name is so genuinely good. disturbing. Yeah, like well, they all kind of are. I that, mean, too many cooks isn't, but no, too many cooks is great. Mm-hmm. Unedited footage of bear, disturbing. This house has people in it, disturbing but less overt. Yeah, and, like it's just it's more subtly so creepy. If you ever, you know, late at night alone, don't watch them. <laughs> yeah, don't because there's also theories about it that you can do the deep dive on, and we did. And it's kind of creepy, and there are connected videos. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Super Famicom. All right. Slash Super NES. Here we fucking go. Super Mario World. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Be- best game so far that we've heard. 100%. One of the best games ever made. I agree. 
what it was one of the games that like was formative in my love for games for sure. Yeah, same here. F Zero, Pilot Wings, Sim City. Wow, what? That's kind of yeah. surprising. Gradius Three, arcade shooter. Uh, Super R Type. <laughs> That's pretty much Super Tennis, Super Soccer. They yeah. just upgraded all these old sports games. <laughs> Uh, and that is the fourth generation. Okay, so we have to discuss now. Is Super Mario World so good that it outshines anything in the NES? I'm going to go yes, because I, I agree with you that Super Mario Brothers and Super Mar- or, and the original Zelda were not those series' brightest Proof moments. Proof of concept. Whereas, and you know, because this is just launches, so like, Super Mario 3 is irrelevant to this conversation. Right, exactly. NBA Jam is irrelevant, yeah. even though it's so, a Super Nintendo Classic. I think, yeah. I'm going fourth uh, gen. I would agree. Also, with things like um, like Alex Kidd, I know people were like, Gradius people really like. Uh, some of the other SNES games that were mentioned. Also, do you, just a question for you. Give it to me. How do you pronounce that console? Which? Do you say SNES? Do you say SNES? I don't say SNES. Do you say Super NES? Which I did a minute ago, but I was just more talking about Super Famicom. I would say SNES Famicom. or Super Nintendo. One of those two. I would also do the same. I normally say SNES. People who say SNES bother me. That is weird. Fifth gen. The Sega Saturn. Okay. 1994. The last... No, Dreamcast was later. Uh, Virtua Fighter. Oh, hell yeah. Virtua Fighter 4. Great game. Game I very much enjoyed on PS2. Not this Great. game, but I enjoyed that game a lot. As a kid. Mist spelled with a Y. Yeah, that's a PC classic. It's a, uh, a puzzle game. Uh, Tama T A M A Majong Goku Tenjiki. Disappointingly, I don't think that's related to Goku from Dragon Ball. Z. Probably is related to Majong though. Which hang on, I'm gonna go on a brief tangent. Yeah, I'm contemplating making a new Twitter. Okay. Because I've been dead on my old Twitter for a long time. Okay. And going like in canon or just. <laughs> What? <laughs> it makes no, it sound no. like you died on your own. I have not tweeted in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't I really. Think. I don't tweet much. Yeah. But I'm considering creating one more for this purpose of like games and nerdy stuff. Sure. And I might make my bio uh, low class Saiyan warrior. <laughs> Maybe. I like it. I like it. We're thinking about what's your it. what's your at going to be? I have no idea. Okay. Well, I'm open to suggestions. If you decide it tonight or in the near future, I will I will include it in the video. Cool. It'll, it'll be it'll be right here. I will make that pledge that I'll figure out what it is tonight. All right. Cool. So it will be retroactively Jay, Jay is, added. We're playing games after this. With as much as we love you, we're getting together to hang out too. <laughs> um, Daytona USA Clockwork Night. Panzer Dragoon. Oh, the original Panzer Dragoon. Pebble Beach Golf Links. Which was also a PS3 launch game, Panzer Dragoon, I think. I did not know that. I think. I think that's the one where you can fly around as a dragon. But I have golf tees from Pebble Beach. And a golf ball and a little miniature golf cart. Everybody's golf is $10 right now on the PlayStation. Buy it. Is it worth it? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay, I might buy it. Everybody's golf is great. I have a PlayStation Network gift card that my uncle got me for Christmas. Absolutely. If you're at all into golf, it's just a fun, like, it is... Like Mario Golf that isn't Mario, for all intents and purposes. All right, it's only one. Um, a lot of great games on the PlayStation sale right now. Probably, and I le- there are tons of like online features to Everybody's Golf that to this day are I still haven't figured out how to use them, mm. but I would love to. Um, Worldwide Soccer Sega International Victory Goal Edition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love sometimes <laughs> video games names. Uh, did I say Clockwork Night? You did. That one just sounded cool, so I wanted to say it again. <laughs> uh, the Clockwork, very similar to the name of a Shovel Knight 
Knight, which is the Clockwork Tower. Yeah. But I forget what that knight's name is. Anyway. PlayStation. Oh, okay. 1994. 95 in the U.S. Same year as me. Yes, you're right. So this was the Japanese launch. And I'll fold in both the Japanese and U.S. launches, which is what I've been doing mostly so far. Yeah. Goku Jiao Parodius Da... Wait, (laughs) that's an exclamation point. Hang on. Goku Jiao Parodius Da Deluxe Pack. Hell yeah. Mahjong Station Mazen. People really love that Mahjong. Dude, Mahjong's fun. Ridge Racer. Okay. Niketsu Oyako. A4 Evolution. (laughs) Crime Crackers. Air Combat. That's what they feed people in jail. (laughs) Battle Arena Toshinden. ESPN Extreme Games. Hell yeah. Kiliak the DNA Imperative. NBA Jam Tournament Edition. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd... Now I'm in. Hang on. You're popping for a few of these. Okay. Rayman. Yes. Uh, Street Fighter the Movie. <laughs> right. The Game. Exactly. <laughs> it's Street, Fighter, Street Fighter the Movie the Game. Exactly. Uh, Total Eclipse Turbo. Zero Divide. Wipeout. Oh. Not a bad launch PS1. Now... In 64. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is about to be over the top. 1996. I know SM64 is one of them. And they're not a lot, but yes, along with the only two that I would consider noteworthy are Pilot Wing 64 mm-hmm. and Super Mario 64, which, good Lord. <sighs> okay, so I'm I'm going to say, is that all for that generation? No, hang on. There's a few more. Sorry. Atari Jaguar. Oh, this is Jaguar. This is Jaguar. Cybermorph. Right, Raiden or Raiden, depending. Yeah. And Trevor McFur in the Crescent Galaxy. <laughs> Trevor McFur. Trevor like McFur. <laughs> Trevor McFur, if you're out there, please get in touch. Uh, and CD-I, which maybe was another. CDI. CDI, yeah. gotcha. It's a, CDI is weird. So CDI, I'm pretty sure, was made by either Philips or Panasonic. Mm. One of the major like VHS retailers at the time. And I, I, th- I think I'm right here that it was a, like an expansion to the VHS player. Right. And so they were all games you could play with your remote. Oh, but there was, there were like Zelda games on CDI and like weird shit. Hmm. There's some weird stuff on CDI. Interesting. Well, there's nothing super noteworthy. There's beauty in the beast hmm. battleship, uh, pack panic. I don't know if that's Pac-Man related or not. Hmm. Interesting. But that's all for the fifth generation. Okay. And because so I feel like our relation to the fourth generation is pretty solely reliant on Super Mario World. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Where and I will say that I think Super Mario sixty four is on par influentially and in terms I'm, of quality. I would agree with that. Yeah. Which one you like is probably personal preference, but and I could go either way. I, I might actually like Super Mario World more. I think I do, too. I think um, it's aged better. But I think I grew up with Super Mario 64 more. And I also did that. there are more games in this gen that I relate to, for better or worse, in terms of my age. So I'm going to go fifth gen. I think because we got Rayman, and because we got NBA Jam, and we got Wipeout, which is an influential series, and Super Mario 64, I think that... And Pilot Wings. People like Pilot yeah. Wings, but... I think that grouping is stronger than basically just Super Mario World, which is what we gave it to last time. Yeah. So I'm going to say this is the best gen so far. I actually think Super Mario World and Super Mario 64 are effectively tied for me as the two best Mario games, period. That might be a discussion I, for another day, but yeah, I'm throwing it out I think I'd there. agree with that, but I'd have, to, I'd have to play more of them, to be yeah. honest. 
I haven't played some of the new ones. Except for Odyssey. I love Odyssey. So the sixth generation. We're leading off with the Sega Dreamcast. Interesting. Okay. Godzilla Generations. Virtua Fighter 3 Terabyte. Oh, not or it's four. 3TB. I don't know. Uh, Arrow Wings. <laughs> 3 Terabyte. Blue Stinger. Expendable. Not The Expendables. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Tie-in game with Jason Statham. <laughs> flag there is flag. a game. For the Expendables. How could there not be? It's not what you think, though. Oh. It's like Dead Nation. It's a top-down... <laughs> I swear this is real. I, I saw, believe you 100%. I saw a Let's Play of it. Because it's probably cheaper to make. Yeah. Than, like, and uh, the only cool thing is that you can play as all four characters, obviously, mm-hmm. but each of them have, like, unique glory kills no. that it, like, zooms in and shows you, like... Sly Stallone uppercutting somebody or yeah. Jason Statham like you know whatever it's so bad Mortal Kombat Gold I don't know what gold which one gold that's is that's probably one of the many collections they did yeah. of like one and two or whatever let's see Hydro Thunder Monaco Grand Prix NFL 2K oh the first one the first one NFL Blitz 2000 oh I love NFL Blitz <laughs> great arcade game let's see Power Stone Ready to Rumble Boxing and Finally, the first non-Mario game that I'm going to pop for, Sonic Adventure. Oh! Uh, is Power Stone... <laughs> was that the mobile game? Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. It was like... Ah, hold on. There's a stone game. Maybe it's Grindstone. There was an Apple Arcade... Like, one of the first Apple Arcade games that people were really into called Something Stone, I think. Um, oh, I don't want the actual ad. I feel like this was a thing. Oh, it was Grindstone. Okay. Mm. Sorry. I, I was like, is that a remake of that old Sega game? Anyways, go ahead. Let's see. Soul Calibur. Oh, first one. That's a big one. Trick Style. Let's see. That's pretty much all the big ones for the Dreamcast. Okay. PS2. Oh, hell yeah. A Train 6. <laughs> Drum Mania. Oh, hell yeah. Eternal Ring. Not to be confused with the forthcoming Elden, Elden Ring. Ring. That's true. Kakinoki Shogi 4. Kessen. Ridge okay. Racer 5. I've heard of Kessen. <laughs> uh, Street Fighter EX 3. Armored Core 2. Okay, people like that game. Dynasty Warriors 2. Several ESPN random games. Don't even want to give them... The time of day. Mm-hmm. Madden NFL 2000, NHL 2000. This is where we're getting into the annualized sports franchises, okay. if you couldn't tell. Um, man, and there's a lot. Summoner. What is Summoner? I have no idea. Tekken Tag Tournament. Okay, that's a people people really like Tekken Tag Tournament. Time Splitters. Oh. Unreal Tournament. Oh, hell yeah. PC Classic. I loved Unreal Tournament as a kid. Let's see. Then we skip to the European launch, which is mostly the same. GameCube. Oh, shit. This is... Heavy hitter. This is close to my heart. I didn't own a GameCube, but I'm still a big fan of that console. Luigi's Mansion. Oh, wow. Super Monkey Ball. Oh, shit. One. Uh, Two's my favorite, but I love them all. It's a great franchise. Um, Crazy Taxi. Damn, GameCube. All-Star Baseball 2002. Okay. Batman Vengeance. Which is a game... We're going to have to figure out what it is. I downloaded it for the... I know, you said that. We're going to have to figure (laughs) it out. We'll take a look. Uh, Dave Mira Freestyle BMX 2. The second one? (laughs) I love that. A game that I probably should have played, Disney's Tarzan Untamed. (laughs) Hopefully still with Phil Collins' music. Do you ever play Disney Skate Adventure? 
No. It's legitimately a Tony Hawk reskin. That's awesome. It is literally just Tony Hawk mechanics, but you play as like Simba and all these Disney characters. I will note, there was a game, it was not Epic Mickey, but maybe it was like the precursor to Epic Mickey. Okay. That... I took some kind of medicine when I was a kid that I must have had a severe allergic reaction to. Uh And I was like playing that game around the same time. And I had like some horrific nightmares about that game. Um, I'm so sorry. Of like, that, like I was like, you know how he could like paint like portals into the wall basically. I was like falling into these portals and like couldn't escape. Oh no. And I was like eight. So like, or not even that. I was probably like six or seven. You had the idea for get out in your head. Yeah. You know? So I still think about that sometimes. That's fair. Um, I had an allergic reaction once, and my my allergic reaction to it was I went to the nurse's office. I was a kid like you, and went to the nurse's office, and all I remember was the nurse's office posters, I was just laying on my side in there, were flashing. Everything around me was black and white, and mm. then in color, and then black and white, and then in color. It's one of the trippiest things that's ever yeah, happened it was, to me. It was one, trippy's a good way to describe what Allergic reactions there. are weird. Um, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Damn. Gosh. Oh, wow. I didn't think this generation had it, but I think they do now. It, it, the GameCube launch is solid. Uh, but, uh, hang on. Are we going to... So, this is the European launch, which also, for me, includes Sonic Adventure 2, but colon battle. I don't know what... If that's a different game mm. or like a offshoot, but I do love Super Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> Not because it's good, but because I played it as a kid, and that's about all it took at the time. Yeah, but those are the that was the GameCube. For the okay, part. so remind me. Hold on. Oh, we're not done. I'm Xbox. so sorry. Oh my god, I didn't even think about yeah, Xbox. Man. We get the first Xbox, which leads off with Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first one listed. Oh, you did that so well. <laughs> Followed by the less relevant Halo Combat Evolved. Yeah, not as big as Shrek. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Hang on. Well Just played, a Jay. Brief well thought played. experiment. What franchise do you think is grossed more on an entertainment level? Shrek or Halo? <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> it's not as easy of an answer no, right off as you might think. Shrek grossed a lot. There were like six of those movies. And like toys and, you know, all this random stuff. Probably... Oh, that's the, hard. Maybe Halo. But the funny thing is that they're probably comparable. Oddworld yeah. <laughs> uh, Munch's Odyssey. Oh, fucking Oddworld, dude. Lord Landing, I get you. They're a legend. Could not care less. Stop Make showing me. Else. Stop showing me the trailer for the same game for twenty. Why years. Why does this game featuring stupid animated <laughs> characters look like a dark and gritty drama? It does. It's so weird. I hate the color grading of it so much. Get it off. Get away. I'm not. It's coming out for free next month. I'm not even going to add it to my library. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> not even taking it. I'm t- I'm, I'll no. add it. I'll add it to my library. I'm probably never going to play it. I played the PS3 when it was like a. NASCAR Thunder 2002, Project Gotham Racing. Dude, PGR, a good game. I yeah. enjoyed that game a lot. Let's see. Mad Dash Racing, Cell Damage. Um, CEL. Arctic Thunder, which I think I played Cell Damage HD for is sure. the snowmobile game. Oh, arcades that would blow cool cool air on you? If it's that game, I love that game. Me too. That was in uh, the bowling alley. <laughs> Let's see. In the bowling alley arcade. NFL Fever 2002, Fusion Frenzy. Dude, Fusion Frenzy. Have you ever played Fusion Frenzy? I have not. That is Xbox's Mario Party. 
Oh. But it's just mini games. You've shown me a little it's bit from fucking this. fucking awesome. Okay. Fusion Frenzy is not to be slept on. That's Fair. a great game. Fair. I wish they would make another one. I don't know why they've never not they've never done it. And that's all for the sixth generation. That one wins. I will give it to it. It did not. It's still Super Mario sixty four slash World is still the best individual game. Game, yes. But if we're if we're grading how many, the way I view launches is how many good games are out right now, and there are a lot of at least good games there. Yeah. And that's and this is it's actually kind of you know we say it's kind of unfair because we're young, but it's kind of unfair to earlier generations because of the number of studios Volume. and publishers that are yeah. able to output high quality games. It's just going to get higher over time. Yeah, agreed. So we're going to go six generations so far. So now is when I think we're getting into the interesting like debates. Okay. Seventh generation. Xbox 360. Ant 3. Call of Duty 2. Okay. Which, who cares? I'm a huge Call of Duty fan, but who cared before 4? Honestly. Okay. Some people would rather die for 3, but like 3, who cares? Condemned Criminal Origins. Gun. Did you ever play Gun? I did play Gun on PC. My a good dad had early it. like Red Almost Dead-y. Red Dead. Yeah. yeah, pretty good game. Uh, cameo elements of power. Every sports game. Oh six. <laughs> hey, Madden 06 was dope. Madden two K NBA Live. Need for Speed Most Wanted. Okay. Perfect Dark Zero. All right. Project Gotham Racing Three. That was the one I played. Quake Four. Ooh. Uh, Ridge Racer Six. And now two that speak very closely to me. Okay. Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2006. This would have been when I was playing it this too. This is the golden era. Like 04 through like 07 for those games was just beautiful. Was They're this, awesome. I ask you this a lot. Yeah. Was this the one that... There's one that's very, very pivotal in my memory that I think I played on PS2, but I might have played later. That was... You faced a lineup of other golfers that were super like cartoony almost. I don't remember which one it was exactly. There was like a Jimmy the Greek guy. I think it was this one though. Okay, that's there a great like game. There was a sumo wrestler, a super Irish guy. There was like a. It was basically every <laughs> racial stereotype exactly. kind of. Exactly. But it was a. It was a fun way to do the, yeah. this campaign. And I'm pretty sure the intro was uh, "Party Up" by DMX. Oh my God! Yeah, um, that's so we're gonna sick. have to watch that later. Yeah, we will. <laughs> um, and Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. The last, the last good one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think I have it back there. Love it. Um, let's see, they were moving. Yes, this is European, Japanese, nothing groundbreaking new from that. Xbox Live Arcade, a few interesting gems. Geometry Wars, Retro Evolved. Do these count? I guess. I mean, they. It's. Did they launch with oh. the system or is this the launch of Live Arcade? Fair. You're right. Disregard. I don't know if, I don't know if I count that. PlayStation 3. Genji, Days of the Blade. <laughs> Mobile Suit Gundam, Target in Sight. These sound like very PlayStation games. They do. Um, Resistance, Fall of Man. Oh, there we go. Okay. Ridge Racer 7. Ridge Racer just keeps cranking it out. The one launch game. Blazing Angels, Squadrons of World War Two. That was a uh, dogfighting game. Call of Duty 3, which is the first one that was even borderline relevant. Okay. Uh, Genji, Days of the... Oh, yeah. We said that one. NFL 07. It's like they're two Genji games? Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Oh, okay. Uh, a notable game. Let's see. Tiger Woods 07. <laughs> Tony Hawk Project 8. I'm going to give that... Well, Project 8 wasn't bad. Yeah, it was okay. But it was the first step really <sighs> down before Pro Skater 5 just destroyed it. There was one in between, wasn't there? Wasn't there like Tony Hawk's Prove It? 
Was that a thing? I don't know. There was a game. I don't, know if, I don't know. I don't know if that was the name of the, the game. Prove it. There was a game that had, similar to like the Wii Fit board, a skateboard attachment that you... Oh, I, I should have swear this. this is a thing. I'm going to look it up. You're probably right. Go ahead. Um, Untold Legends Dark Kingdom. Def Jam Icon. Motorstorm. Remember Motorstorm? Sorry, it was Tony Hawk's Proving Ground. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vaguely. I think, I think this I is never the played one. it. Maybe there was another one. Maybe I did play this game. <laughs> Actually. The the cover art looks extremely like familiar. Tony Hawk Ride. Definitely didn't play that. This is what I was thinking. But that's of. cool. As it's, a, it's actually kind of oh what? It's oh, it's just the board. Yeah. I will I will edit this into the video, just what we're looking at. As a guitar hero diehard, I have a thing for like peripherals. Yeah, me too. I wish they'd come back. And that's kind of cool. All right, go ahead. Sorry. What was the one you named uh, as I was talking? Motorstorm. Remember Motorstorm? Oh, hell yeah. Motorstorm was dope. My, uh, my we, as, Since we were just talking earlier about MX versus ATV off-road <laughs> we Fury, were in the this car, was one yeah. of the like, you know, more recent iterations of that extreme driving genre. Motorstorm was good. I enjoyed it that was. game. It was. It was a great like Arcade-y. kind of a tech, tech demo at the time. Yeah. Probably wouldn't look like it now. Um, oh, I'm sure that game looks like shit. It NBA was very Street brown. Home Court. Remember brown this? And gray. Uh, no, I don't. Me neither. I loved NBA Street though. Me too. We both are big NBA Street fans. NBA bring Street it back. Home Court. Yeah, please bring it back. Jesus. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog. This was like one of the soft reboots. Oh, is this Sonic 06? Is this the yeah, Sonic? This oh, this is the bad one. Like the really notoriously awful one. <laughs> that game's hilarious to watch. And. Ooh, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell Double Agent. Okay. The Godfather. Dawn's oh, Edition. Oh, there was a Godfather. I played a Godfather game on PS2. Uh, the same one. Untold Legends Dark Kingdom. Virtua Fighter 5. Ah, we're just missing four, man. <laughs> it's a good game. All right, that's all just about for the PS3. And then the, the Wii. Wii. All right. And I already see one nanner that oh, I'm excited about. <laughs> <laughs> so much you're slurring to work. Avatar The Last Airbender. Well, that's interesting. I didn't realize there was an Avatar The Last Airbender game. I bet you fucking just like, <laughs> hit it. Yeah, that's exactly what you do. Call of Duty 3 again. We've talked about Call of Duty 3. Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 2. This is your world, not mine. So, the Tenkaichi series, which is the... There was Dragon Ball Z Budokai 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. And Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 1, 2, and 3. Okay. Budokai regular are the ones that are just Mortal Kombat knockoffs, which I still loved. Okay. Played all of them. Tinkaichi are the ones that are in like a dome. The 3D ones. Yes. Yeah. Which I'm like, please, please make these new Dragon Ball Z games more like those games. Okay. The new ones. So Fighter Z is not. Or well, no, Fighters is different because it's a, it's the 2D Mortal Kombat style. Oh, okay, I thought it was for like the reason. 3D ones. There's the Dragon Ball Z Kakarot that just came out. Oh, that's the one I'm thinking. Um, of. Sorry, Kakarot's one I'm thinking of. And it has the same style as like Xenoverse, where it's it is technically this like dome, but it, for like the perspective is different and it's less fast. I don't know. I don't like the way Xenoverse feels compared to these games. These were very like hectic. That's fair. Destructible environments. It was just so much fun, and it literally. Tenkaichi 2 was probably the most polished. 3, though, had, like, literally every single character. Oh, wow. (laughs) Even some of the most irrelevant characters, like, you could just play as them. Like, it was awesome. Um, Could you play as Vegeta? (laughs) You could play... (laughs) That was a joke. You could play as Vegeta. Super Saiyan Vegeta. Super Saiyan... 
uh, Majin Vegeta, okay. which was technically Super Saiyan 2. You couldn't play, a, we've never <laughs> seen Super Saiyan 3 Vegeta in canon. You could play a Super Saiyan 4 Vegeta. Oh, no. <laughs> This that is, was probably this it. is our oob, that's probably this it. is our oob conversation that was a great, again. That's a great throwback. <laughs> Too bad. I, I think I delisted all the Dormcast videos, but uh, as a legendary moment, the oob moment. So I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm gonna laugh about it again. I didn't know that there was a character in Dragon Ball Z called Oob, which is just boo which is backwards. just boo backwards. B u u u u b. I lost it when and I found that out. And then he fuses with Majin Buu in Dragon Ball GT. He becomes Majub. Oh, it's not boob. <laughs> no, unfortunately, it is sense. not. Damn it, I got so excited. Uh, the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Another yep. weird show I didn't know Sick was a game. show, but I Great, didn't know yeah. I had a game. The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Okay. So now, haven't played it yet. a heavy but hitter. Uh, Marvel we'll Ultimate Alliance again. Uh, Rayman Raving Rabbits. Oh no! <laughs> a dark period for Rayman. SpongeBob SquarePants creature from the Krusty Krab. The fuck? I don't know if this is the like because they remade Battle for Bikini Bottom. Yes. I don't know if this is like in the same style. Obviously, it's the same universe. It's yeah. Freaking SpongeBob. <laughs> um, so yeah, interesting. Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz, the one they just remade not too long or remastered not too long. It wasn't ago. very good. It wasn't very good, but if you like Super Monkey Ball, you would like it. Like mm. uh, Tony Hawk's Downhill Jam. What's up what? with all these other <laughs> Tony all Hawk these games? Come we from? love Tony Hawk. Yeah, but they were just. Eh. That's funny. <laughs> anyway, Wii Sports. Oh, which is actually a genuine a real contender. Yeah. Let's see. I think that is just, yeah, that is it pretty much for the seventh generation. Okay. I think it's now time that we talk about the notables again. Okay. So remind me what the last generation's notables were. So let me scroll back here to seventh gen. Just the, just the oh, main no, this ones. This is seventh gen. So let's go back to sixth. It's a long list. Obviously I've omitted yeah, a lot so, of sorry irrelevant to make you games. Go back, but. Um, see NFL blitz, Sonic adventure, Blessinger, blah, blah, blah. Ridge Racer 5, Dynasty Warriors 2, Time Splitters, Unreal Tournament. Let's see. I'm assuming Unreal Tournament was a port. GameCube was the probably the heaviest hitter for this one. Luigi's Mansion, Super Monkey Ball, Crazy Taxi, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. That's still pretty strong. And then the notables for this one were Tiger Woods 06. Which I'm not going to... Because it's an annualized franchise, I don't know I'm not though. I mean, like that was the golden era, right? Like Madden 06 was one of my one of our favorite Maddens. You're right, um, but those games would have come out even without a new console. So I'm not going to give it like a solid ton of point. credit. Solid point. Um, but American Wasteland. You know, I th- my my heart is keeping me with the sixth, the sixth gen. generation. That GameCube launch was awesome. Yeah, I don't think Twilight Princess and Wii Sports are enough to... I know the PS3 launch is like kind of no, notoriously bad. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I'm with you. I think 6th gen still has it for All me. Right. I, I think I'd put 5th gen above this gen as well. Fair. because of Super Mario 64. So let me scroll all the so way So now back we're to down. the generations where, at least for me, I remember paying attention to what launch games were and this was by the time Absolutely. I was listening to like uh, Greg on Beyond and, and like reading IGN and stuff. So and this one I'm going to be like I recognize all of them. I was going to say I'm going to be much more familiar with all these titles too. Xbox One, 
Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. <laughs> Great game. One of the best Assassin's Creed I agree. ever made. I love that for game. For sure. Let's talk about that game yesterday. Battlefield 4, one of the most broken games of all time. <laughs> <laughs> never played it. Um, I think I owned it and never played it. Call of Duty Ghosts, the worst Call of Duty. God, that game's so bad. I bought that game at launch. Dead Rising 3. Okay. Forza 5. Uh, Murdered Soul Suspect. Remember oh, I didn't know that was a launch game. Me neither, but I yeah, also never a... played it and don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> Need for Speed Rivals. Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare. Dude, are we about to get Rise, Sun of Rome? That's the next one. <laughs> That's the go. next one. That's the notorious Xbox One Great launch game for demo. me. Yeah, it looked cool. Apparently, it wasn't very good. Thief, which was bad, but I kind of still liked it. Yeah, because that game notoriously went on sale for like a dollar. Yeah. Titanfall. Okay. That's a, a good real one. contender. This one's semi counts. Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. So the remaster. I just played for the, this for the first um, time a couple of weeks ago. The originals. I mean, it's a great game. It's really fun. I enjoyed um, it. But I'm not going to give it credit because it's just a remaster. Yeah, it's a port. Watch Dogs, which we we read this list earlier. I don't know why Watch Dogs is on this list. Watch Dogs came out the following May. Yeah, I don't understand that either. I so don't. I, I don't get that. Kind of strange. Not a great game anyway, so we're not going to give it a ton of credit. Yeah, no. Watch Dogs too much better. Much better. Um, let's see. Aiden US Pierce, launch. one of the worst protagonists Definitely. in any game ever. Definitely. And then Marcus was a really cool protagonist. So, see, nothing really added on the different continental launches. PlayStation Four. Again, a lot of the same games here. Another remaster that did come out though, Injustice: Gods Among Us. That was a remaster. Ultimate edition. Ultimate oh, edition. Like okay. Really fun game. Good game, yeah. I like Injustice. A game that we played a lot more than most people, Killzone Shadowfall. Yeah, man. Underrated. Really underrated. We uh I guess we could tell the story or go for it. Like just story about this game. Uh so our our good buddy Andrew, he and I lived together in college in the dorms, and uh we both got PS4s around launch. I can't remember exactly when we got them, but um much easier to get than the PS5. Yeah. (laughs) And uh Jay also got a PS4. And we had played a lot of Last of Us multiplayer with Jay. We played Call of Duty okay. with Jay. This was this was around the time that like we were really playing games a lot with Jay. And because uh, Jay's a year blo- or two years below us technically, yeah, technically, but, even though um, I'm technically just a year, year younger, younger than, than you. Us. Yeah. Uh, so we he was we were like playing games together. And when the PS4 launched, we were like, all right, we got to find a shooter. And Call of Duty Ghost was so bad. It was. So we were like, all right, let's give this Killzone sh- game a shot. And it was so legitimately fun. It was really fun. The multiplayer was awesome. There were great spots on the maps. Like, if you knew the spot, you could just rank up yeah. kills. Our favorite being Penthouse. Yes. The map Penthouse. Some Somebody's nerding out about this, I'm sure, somewhere. <laughs> uh, where the spawn point... It was kind of similar to Overwatch, where Overwatch has like the spawn point with the project or the protected areas, and then you go through like a wall, and then you're you're out and can be killed. The spawn point on Penthouse, for some reason, was above where the capture the flag was on one side. So when people would go to capture, you could drop out of this little hole and just like drop kill. They had a specific so animation. Many, yeah, it was it was like the Demon Souls, like like, yeah. like the Dark Souls drop kill. And you could just, or like the punching attack, and you could just drop kill people, and over we would and just again. drop kill, die, drop kill, die. It was, it was so awesome. fun. It was such a good time. And I, so we were probably really, going to be higher on that game than most was, people. Without, were. I'd give that game like a at least an eight. Yeah, that game was like, awesome. It was really fun. And supplanted Call of Duty at, for that year, um, <laughs> which 
Sony never thought anyone would be saying never. the sentence Killzone supplanted Call of Duty, but Mac. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, Japan Studio. No more. Lego now. Marvel Superheroes. NBA 2K14, which I know you love. The best 2K. I spent hundreds of hours in that game because that was my after class game in college. And Warframe, a game that I know persists to this day. Yeah. Even though I've never played it. It. Uh, yeah, people like it. It's a uh, free to play, I believe. Yeah, um, it's always been free to play. I think. Similar to Destiny, kinda, and it's just sort of MMO shooteriness. But never got into it. But I know people love it. Now Tanner. I'm going to ask you a question here. Okay. Because it's listed on here, but I don't know if we should count it. Okay. The Switch. Oh, it's this generation. It's Or it's the PS4, Xbox One generation. It launched in 2017. Mm. So the Wii U is like absent from this oh, list. Oh, weird. So it's kind of like, well, when did the Wii, let me, when did the Wii U launch? Wii U was 2014. I want to say it was after the PS4. It, might, it was either 2014 or 2012. It was either a year before or a year after. The Wii U launched in 2012. Okay. So it's definitely this generation. It's I would count Wii U, Xbox One, PS4, since they're a year apart. Okay. And then Switch, Xbox Series X, PS5. Because The Switch is so weird. <laughs> yeah, the Switch is kind of an outlier, but I would consider it... I think looking back, especially if we get a Switch Pro, we'll consider it more this generation than the last generation. I don't know. It's hard. It is hard. But considering it is closer year-wise to PS5 and Xbox Series X than it is the launch of those of a PS4, and also because Wii U is way closer to those two. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count it that way. Fair. So I agree. If you take umbrage with me, that's fine. I agree. That being said, there was not a lot on the Wii U at launch. Zombie U You're is right. a game I You're remember. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, hold on. It... Adventureland? No. What was the name of the... There was some, like, theme park launch game that was like your Miis go to a theme park and play little mini games. Nintendo Land. Nintendo Land. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That was the other one I remember. Okay. Along with... Let's see. Black Ops 2 was a launch game, but I knew there was a Call of Duty game. Who in the world <laughs> is playing... And that was a great game. That was a really good Call it of was. Duty. It that was. That was a really fun Who one. Who is playing that game on the Wii U? Yeah. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Black Flag was on there, too. Was on and, Wii and at some point. I don't know if it was a launch game, but it was launched with Assassin's Creed Three. Oh, which interesting! Was an interesting time for Assassin's Creed. <laughs> it was a good game, good. but I know I know Black Flag came in on Wii U. Um, yeah, Zombie U, Arkham City Remastered, or their version of Arkham City. Arkham City U. It's technically called Armored Edition. Uh, really, the standout one here would be New Super Mario Brothers U. If you care about New Super Mario Brothers U, which I don't really. I think they could be fun games. I just yeah, they're Mario. They're, of course, yeah. they're going to be good. But like in They'd terms be fun of to that play franchise, not yeah. one of the standouts. Although I think it, I think that better fits this generation than Switch does. I agree. Um, okay, I think on the surface, the sixth generation, the PS2 generation, is still better. Me too. Um, that being said, I think you and I have more of a soft spot for this generation than most people. Probably because of Killzone. I think we both really liked Resogun. Um, there's some. I liked. I respected Resogun. I, I really liked Resogun. Not my I, kind of game. But I obviously, is supremely well made game. Yeah, but if if your if your headliners for a launch are Resogun and Killzone Shadowfall and, yeah. and like Black Flag, nah. which is a great game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably not going to win. So I'm gonna. I, and I'm you know 
as much as yeah, this was the launch that we really followed closely. I, I'm, I'm sticking with six gen completely. I, I'm too. all in on. I think that GameCube launch is like phenomenal. Maybe the best console launch ever. We'll get to that. Oh. So are we going to count the Switch with this gen? Yes. Okay. That is my executive decision as co-host of the show. I accept it. Also, the Wii U is just further down. I just didn't scroll all the way down. That would have been helpful. <laughs> but listing the Switch before the Wii U is a mistake on your part, Codex Gamicus. Yeah. Co- <laughs> fucking get him, dude. All right. Nintendo Switch to lead off. What, what is this? The ninth generation? Yeah. The ninth generation. Hmm. Breath of the Wild. It pretty much is Breath of That's the Wild. That's all you have to say. Because Odyssey was later. It was December. It was the holiday. That game. would have made it arguably better. It, it could have just took those two games to maybe make it the best launch of all time. Yeah, because I remember I bought my Switch in that holiday when Mario was out. I was yeah. like, okay, Mario's out. I, I'm interested now. But Breath of the Wild on its own still is... Oh, my God. It carries so it's, much weight. That game single-handedly made me interested in the Zelda franchise and I'm, I've played Link to the Past, Ocarina Majora's and now Wind Waker since. Like, yeah, I, I haven't gone in deep with all the replays but that was the first Zelda I ever played and I loved it. Dude, um, you can play Link to the Past on the SNES emulator on Switch. It's still fucking awesome. It does not date it at all. If you ever get a Zelda itch, okay. I recommend it. It's okay. really good. It's my favorite of the games I've played. I like it more than Ocarina, which is a hot take. But. but so yeah, for the for all intents and purposes, I mean, I am Setsuna was another one that's Super Bomberman R. That was a PS four game, I think. One two Switch was fun to watch videos. Of yeah, yeah, Funhouse did a great video on that. But yeah, that's pretty much it for the Switch. So pretty much just Breath of the Wild. It's enough. That's all you need. And if you scroll further down, respect to you, Codex Gaming, because they also did handheld consoles, but we're not talking about handheld consoles. Yeah, we're just, because if we get into handheld, this will be three hours long. So this is my, I assembled a list of the games from the most recent console launch. Okay. That the ones that I thought were, I deemed relevant, which, you know, come at me if you must. Yeah, but there there are a lot of digital games and like ports and stuff. It's hard to track now. So starting with PS5. Okay. Spider-Man Miles Morales. Great game. Phenomenal game. Like, I People think who better than the first. Oh, interesting. I don't know if... I. Ooh, I don't know how I feel about Not that. Not like one. vastly, but I no, would no, no. give it the edge. I, I, I'm I, saying I don't know how I feel one way or the other. It's mm-hmm. it's great. I think it's a more condensed version, which I enjoy more. I love... That's what I love about it. It is the perfect sized video game. It, it is. really it is. is. It is the distillation of all great parts of Spider-Man. 1. Yeah, it's there's enough So in that way I think it is better. like open world collectathon stuff for you to do. There's a great story with good characters. I Not, like Miles more than Peter personally. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Miles is a cool That's character. That's true. I think you're right. Um and I just think that my only complaint if it could be a complaint but Let's assume they're making a Miles Morales 2 at some point. Okay. Like, they sort of have the main series and the spinoff series. Yeah. If they integrate some more, like, famous, like, Spider-Man villains yeah, into Miles that's Morales. that's exactly what I was just thinking. The like, villains were a little weak. The Tinkerer is not, like, no one would claim that the Tinkerer is a legendary Spider-Man villain. But they like doing that. They like, they did and it I with, respect with it. Mr. Negative or whatever. And they did it great. The Mr. Negative thing was obviously, like, a red herring for the first game. Sure, but... But for this game, the Tinker is the main villain. Yeah, and, and I really like their version of it. Absolutely, better I think than she's any awesome. other version of the character I've seen. Yeah, and sure, you get the Rhino, but Rhino's 
always been stupid. Rhino's uh, always just a sub-villain, though. Yeah, he's never a, the main villain. Exactly. He's the bane of the Spider-Man yeah. universe. So they not, did it. <laughs> he's not the actual bane of the Spider-Man universe. He is the bane, the character of... But Bane's cooler than Rhino. Agreed, but like Bane he's broke the, the bat. That's true. Shout out to Batman Nightfall. So, I agree with you. And if they can build up to a really cool like Miles Morales versus I don't know like Electro or yeah uh, a version of Green Goblin or something, Be or awesome. Carnage because they oh. can do Venom in the one and Carnage ah. in the other. Give me a good iteration ah. of Venom and Carnage somewhere because the movies sure ah. aren't doing it. Okay, Demon Souls. Ah. Yeah. We've, Which we we've just did a deep a lot dive on. Great. Sackboy. Hell yeah. I know. That's a fun game. Sackboy's Big Adventure. That's the full title, correct? Yes. Uh, a good game. I. It's not something to go out and buy a console for, but it definitely uh, thickens the launch definitely. in a way. It, and it I, rounds it out. Having not played it, but seen a lot from it, I respect that they're like, okay, let's just kind of steal 3D, 3D Mario. Yeah. It's good, man. It's fun. We should we should play a couple levels just to, so you can get a feel of it. Astro's Playroom, which I did include on this because it's it is good. a game that is good. It's awesome. The fact that it's free is I haven't is played the whole thing. I've played like a good amount of it, but it's a really quality third-person platformer. Like, yeah, and it, it showcases uh, the controller really well. It's a really cool nostalgia dive exactly. that's not, over, it's not overt, but it's a nice appreciation of what all PlayStations become yeah. and a great platinum. Really fun trophy hunt. And... Godfall. <laughs> Don't know anything about that game. Other than I'm never going to play it. Yeah, I think it was a free game on Plus or something, I want to say. Maybe. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Maybe not. I still didn't add it. <laughs> now, either. this is the part that I'm a little... This is a little controversial. Sorry, I think I'm thinking of Greedfall. I think You're that right. was also... A, yeah, it would be a weird to put game. a launch game that was big and hyped up like that out for free. Yeah, but yeah. Sorry, Godfall was knows. The, the 2K one. But as I said, this might be a little controversial because... I listed these in terms of like which ones were exclusive to each console. And I have a third party list that I'll read here in just a second. But I could not, for the life of me, find an exclusive launch game on the Xbox Series X slash S that was not released like prior and was just like ported or something like that. I could hmm. not find one. Hmm. Like Gears Tactics came out like five or six months prior on the Xbox One. So I didn't count that as a launch game. Yeah. So. Well, that makes sense, right? Because Halo was supposed to be that, and then it yeah. got delayed. So, And I think that it speaks a lot to Microsoft's strategy for marketing their games and their hardware. Yeah. That it is a value proposition less for people who are, like, hardcore and more. I was kind of thinking about this earlier. If you had never... Let's say the last video game console you bought was a PS2. Okay. And for some reason, you decided, I want to get back into video games. And you asked me... What console should I buy? I would say go buy an Xbox One X and get Game Pass. Yeah, that's the that best has value. To be the best value Easily. proposition if 100%. you haven't played a lot of these games already. I 100% agree. So my second one would be PS5 and PlayStation Now, yeah. which I think is the most underrated value in gaming. Yeah, um, I think PlayStation should promote it, promote it more and put more stuff on it. Yeah, but. so we'll see how that strategy works out long term. But I was I was kind of thinking about that. I was like, that's a that's an incredible. I would love to be in the shoes of someone who just has all these games at their fingertips. For oh the my first god! Time. Yeah, for sure. But also be, I guess my first question would be like, do you have a PC powerful enough to yeah. run games? Yeah. Fair. In that case, just get Game Pass on PC. So let's move on. There's a brief third party list. Cyberpunk 2077. Is that a launch game? I considered it close enough to launch that I counted it. But it came out on other consoles too. Well, which I guess some Black of these Flag. Do. You know, yeah, a lot of these true. games do. 
Okay. So it was really the time thing and that it came out. I mean, I don't think that game's strong enough to really bolster it. <laughs> but in terms of notoriety. True. Fair. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. People really like. Haven't played it yet. They do. Immortals Phoenix Rising. Also people really like. Haven't yeah. played it yet. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. The first Call of Duty since Call of Duty 4 that I have not bought and played at launch. Hmm. I haven't played it either. Well, we so, played the uh, we played the beta, the beta and, and it was, was just fine. like more Call of Duty. Yeah, I got other stuff I want to play. Watch Dogs so much Legion. Yep, haven't played it. Heard nothing about it after the first week of launch. No. Not really. Seems staying. to have kind of fallen flat. Yeah, doesn't have a lot of staying power. And NBA 2K21, <laughs> which is a game I still want to play, but I haven't bought yet. Yeah. So that is the Gen Nine. I'm gonna say that I think the PS2 GameCube launch is still better. I think so too, probably. I think if I'm going off my same standard as earlier, as how many at least good games are there? I think there are more at least good games on that launch than there are this launch. But I think the average game is probably better than the average game of that launch, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like if you're just going to go to a store and buy one game, I think you're going to get a better experience with this launch than that one. But the highs of that list were a little bit better. And there were probably more decent games because there really aren't that many launch games for the PS5 and no and I guess Xbox but not really um, and like I love Miles Morales I love Demon Souls oh but I forgot about Switch I forgot Breath of the Wild is in this too yeah oh shit I would say that there's like the triumvirate of good word like elite games that came out at this gen launch and again counting Switch could be here or there yeah but if you count Breath of the Wild Breath of the Wild, Miles Morales, and Demon Souls are three inc- pretty incredible games. Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, also, so are Luigi's Mansion, Super Monkey Ball, and... Tony Hawk 3. Yeah. <laughs> like... And I think... Uh, I, yeah, I think the... If we're... I mean, I think Breath of the Wild is the best game of any of the games we just mentioned. Um, I don't. What's... Tony Hawk 3. I really... Better than Breath of the Wild? Really? I like it better. I uh, think for enough. what it is. I like Tony Hawk 4 more than 3, so... I like 3 and 4... And Underground 2 pretty much equally as like the best games. I like the, the Underground games a lot too. Um, but I think if we're if we're sort of I'm kind of trying to think of it as like drafting a team, right? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like if these three stars are equal, are my fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh players, are they better? And I yeah. think I think the GameCube PS2 one's slightly better. <laughs> but it's close. I'll give it to it as well. Maybe because I don't want to play favoritism to the most recent gen. It's that hard we're in the too, midst yeah, because we we're still playing some of these games. But looking back, and I'm just I have a soft spot for the GameCube as well. Um, yeah, me so, too. Even though I didn't own one. There you have it. The sixth generation crowned by the Double Tapped Podcast <laughs> as the best launch of all time. Tanner, we've gone a long time. We have gone over two hours. I don't know how much. I'm probably not going to edit too much of this. Just That's fine. We can condense later episodes now that we know about how I mean, long we can talk about stuff. Listen, if we choose. Listen, if we're having a conversation, I don't. It's, I don't yeah, hate it. Me I mean, either. if I'm if I'm going to turn into a podcast, but now I just know I don't have to plan as much. Yeah, that's fair. We, I like the topic. Uh, you said that we you wanted to in the show not to step on your hosting toes, but yeah. uh, with with I, I led you to here. I yeah. led the horse to water. Now drink. <laughs> You said you wanted to end the end the show on just a game we want to recommend. Yeah, and I think late at some point we could turn this into more of like a book club situation okay. where like yeah, we cool. get people to play the same game and then we talk about it the next yeah. episode. But for net, because I like to have 
like for right now, trophies are sort of my accountability system for like, I want to play this game because I want to get the trophies, Me even too. if I'm not that into the game itself. Yeah. Um, and I think that's another good way to get people into a game they might not play otherwise, including myself. Sure. Uh, especially because I think we're kind of being into like getting into like a dearth of games here for a little while. Yeah. Um, but my brief recommendation. Okay. We talked a lot about the Souls games earlier. If you've played Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, but you've only played it on a base PS4 or Xbox One, play it again on something more powerful than that. Mm. Because the fluidity of that game, and I've I've come to the conclusion that it has my favorite combat of any game ever, period. That is with, totally fair. With God of War as a close second. But... Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's a hard pick. <laughs> but... Running that game at 60 frames and Lord, if I if they could go any higher, I would buy whatever it took to make it run higher. <laughs> um, that game deserves the absolute best that you can play it at. So if you can play it at 60 frames, whenever you get your hands on a new gen console or a high end PC, if you don't already have one, absolutely replay that game. It's worth it just for that performance increase, I think. Nice. Uh, that makes me want to go back and get the platinum because I never did. Weak. And I uh <laughs> not weak. If you can beat that game, you're strong. <laughs> yeah, it's got that Ishin fight. Um that's a good recommend, and that makes me want to reinstall the game. So my recommend is going to be uh a game called Telling Lies. It's a game that I was really high on a couple years ago. Uh as of recording, I don't know if this is still gonna be true when this comes out, but as of recording, it is only ten dollars on the PlayStation mm. Store right now. Um it's a shorter experience. It's similar to a game called Her Story, made by the same guy, uh Sam Barlow and his his development team. Um, it's a very cool FMV. Uh, you play as sort of this person who uh, I, I don't remember if it if it comes out right out and tells you who you are right away. So I don't want to spoil that. But uh, basically, the idea is that you get this hard drive and you're trying to find out what happened to these people. Um, and the only way you can find out what happened to them is all of their personal videos have been on this hard drive from their phone or whatever. And the only way you find new videos is by searching key terms. So. Mm. Uh, say for example, there's a care. I don't remember the character's names right off the top of my head. It's been a couple of years, but say there's a character named Sam. Then if you search for Sam, it'll populate the five most recent times the word Sam has been said in a video. And then from there, they might mention the McDonald's. And then if you type in McDonald's, they might mention other things. It's a very cool puzzle game. Um, really cool story. I that was my favorite game of 2019. And really, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Sekiro it. Sekiro so. came out in 2019. It did. I think I may like Sekiro more now that I'm removed from it. But yeah, I remember at the time I gave I gave my game of the year to game or uh, telling lies. So two 2019 games getting the uh, yeah, really. getting the nod. Fair enough. Well, that's gonna do it for this first edition of the Double Tap Podcast, which could be the second edition of a podcast we have done, or maybe like the third or fourth edition. We went yeah, Dor- Dormcast went through uh through some redesigns, but. but we will be doing this more going forward, hopefully on a very regular basis. Yeah, I hope so. Hopefully with different beers each week that we can highlight. Uh, yeah, for sure. Everything from Bud Light to craft stuff. <laughs> if you're we'll a, see. if you're a brewery and you want to reach out to us, feel free. Maybe I'll reach out to them first. We'll see. I like it. But for now, we're going to tap out. Nice. <laughs> that was good. Uh, that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. See y'all. <laughs>